Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, July 29, 2021. I am Graham G. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week. And what a week it has been. And what an episode we have on tap for you fine folks here today. Mr. Marceau is back to help me break down AEW Dynamite, the fight for the Fallen Edition from Wednesday night, in addition to Raw and NXT from this past week. We spent a lot of time on Dynamite. And then just as I thought we were winding down, we went on for another hour ranting about the current state of WWE, booking, carrying cross, Adam Cole, and everything else in between, Nikki Ash, um, just kind of a state of WWE address, specifically with Raw, and how inconsistent the booking is compared to like SmackDown and NXT when it all falls under the same freaking umbrella. So we had a major rant, and, and really just kind of a discourse, um, not shitting on everything WWE does, but kind of stating it exactly how it is, a lot like we did last week, but even kind of more so, uh, going more in-depth with certain topics as the show goes on, kind of living up to the name here today of WrestleRant Radio, so it's a great episode, so long that I was going to actually, I was going to actually attach my interview with the new Mr. Money in the Bank Big E that I recorded with him last week right after the pay-per-view, I was going to attach that on today's show, a lot like I did last week with the Rhea Ripley interview, but because we went so long here today, I figured I would save it, so either next week, maybe the week after, not exactly sure yet, um, if at all, but you can listen to it right now in audio form over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash C, backslash Graham G.S. Matthews. You can also find it on Bleach Report as well in article form. Um, just check out my Big E interview talking all about his Money in the Bank win, cashing in, what's in his briefcase, and all this other cool stuff. So appreciate you guys checking that out. And also listening to the show. We also celebrated 400 episodes of WrestleRant Radio the other day, so appreciate you guys' support of that show. Um, the first ever, or the, no, not the first ever, but like the third or fourth live stream I've done for Hashtag in the last couple of years. We went live for 200, 300. We went live for 400 yesterday, about a two and a half hour stream. Check it out when you get a chance as well. One last thing before we bring on Mr. Marceau, you guys could check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Podbean. Also on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com. Be sure to rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show to never miss an episode every single Thursday for discourse like this, uh, conversations like this, rants like this that you're about to hear here on the show today, exclusive interviews, prediction panels, and other awesome stuff like that. So with all that being said, let's bring on Mr. Marceau, RJ, to help me break down the week in wrestling. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing good, GSM, how are you? Doing great. I mean, like I just said, we had a ton of talk about, a ton of talk about today from Dynamite, Raw, NXT, SummerSlam coming up in a couple weeks. We talked about it briefly last week. I mentioned it to you last night uh, during hashtag AskGSM400 Live. Any update on uh, SummerSlam coming to Stanford, Connecticut next month and whether you might be joining us or not? 
it's still up in the air. I mean, I got to check the work schedule, but uh, if, if it all works out and there's a spot on the, the Giacomo couch, it, it might be, uh, it might happen. Wow. Kid might be crashing on the couch at the Giacomo compound SummerSlam weekend. I look forward to it. It's going to be a big weekend too, because <clears throat> as we found out last night on Dynamite, which is what we're going to tackle first, because it just happened as we speak right now. Um, no pay-per-views this week. No pay-per-views coming up this weekend. No pay-per-views from this past weekend, which is the first in a while. Um, but we had uh, Rampage last night, or rather Dynamite last night with the announcement that they're doing Rampage in Chicago August 20th, which is the same weekend of SummerSlam. So SummerSlam is on Saturday this year for the first time ever, and then TakeOver 36 that same Sunday. So let's get right into it right off the bat, because we were just discussing this like a minute ago, but I want to get your thoughts on it on the air. With Rampage coming to Chicago, it's the first ever episode of Rampage the week prior on the 13th. Clearly, they're going to Chicago two weeks early for a reason. And we spoke at length last week about Punk and Brian very likely coming into AEW in the very near future. A lot of reports since we last talked have not confirmed it, but have heavily suggested that it's probably happening. And I don't think if it wasn't happening, I think we would have found out by now or it was a bunch of bullshit. All the signs point to these two probably coming in, which is amazing news. Uh, what are your thoughts on Punk potentially debuting on this August 20th episode of Rampage? Bigger stadium than the Now Arena, where All Out's going to be in Rampage and um, Dynamite in a couple of weeks during All Out weekend. This is the United Center, not the All Out Arena, where we saw Money in the Bank a few years ago. I don't know where this is in, you know, in relation to that, but it does fit more people. I would hope they wouldn't announce Punk in advance. Just people buy tickets hoping Punk will be there. And they're calling it the first dance as well, so... Your thoughts on Punk potentially popping up early on that show and the pros and cons of that? No, I mean, that. if you're going to debut Punk in Chicago, that's the premier venue in Chicago. That's the United Center where the Bulls and Blackhawks play. That's I've never really been in that area of Chicago, but I think that's like downtown city. I know where we went for uh, Money in the Bank and Rosemont. I think that's like outside. We're outside the city probably 30, 40 minutes and... The one that they're doing all out, I think that's also a little ways out of the city as well. So you're going to go to the premier venue. I'm surprised they got a big venue like that. I mean, that's usually WWE territory. So uh, maybe Chicago will be one of those hotbeds that WWE will stay out of. Um, just because usually, I mean, AEW hasn't run any of those big like NBA arenas yet um, besides this one. So it's if you're going to debut them, that's the right one. And makes sense. So if they do it on that show, and they seem to be setting up a match for him at the pay-per-view, I'm very surprised that they're going for a match with him already. Uh, that would imply that he's been training and getting ready these last couple of weeks, months, whatever. Although this seems to have come together in the last month alone, it might have been going back a little bit farther than that. Obviously, we know that AEW wanted him from the get-go two years ago, fell apart of the seams almost immediately with like the text message and all this other shit. Um, but now it looks like he's actually coming in. And not only that, but I thought he might be like making an appearance at All Out or at least cutting a promo, which is what a lot of people want to hear, especially without the WWE handcuffs on. I'm very curious to see how he'll do um, in AEW as far as that stuff goes. But it looks like he might be having a match. Now, last night we heard Darby Allen, um, you know, kind of tease when uh, facing Punk when he said best in the world. So thoughts on Darby Allen being a potential opponent, if not Allen, who also has nothing going on at the moment because he just finished up his feud with Ethan Page. He's got nothing going on for the pay-per-view. Um, your thoughts on Allen being his first opponent, and if not him, who would you put? Yeah, I think Darby Allen would be a first good opponent for him. I, I hope, he, like, I, we always say this when people older, I guess, legends or veterans come into a company, 
nothing's worse than them facing like older veterans. Like I don't want CM Punk coming and facing Christian or Matt Hardy or I guess I mean Moxley. He, I, they kind of were in around the same time, but I wouldn't say that's like an old veteran. So I, I'd rather him start off with Darby or someone a new face. That's always great to see a veteran come in and face a new a new face and kind of help help Darby a little bit. I like Darby. I think he had a lot of momentum. He still dodges with Sting, but since the whole Cody. Uh, feud and then him losing the belt to Miro he's kind of been kind of floundering in my mind like he did the team task stuff uh did the whole uh man of the year feud and that was fine for what it was but uh he kind of needs to get on track on the singles feud and I think having him and Punk would be amazing yeah so what do you do with Allen now that's a great question I wasn't even really thinking about that but so he finished up his feud with Ethan Page beating him in the coffin match main event of Dynamite Main event Darby, because I hear he gets great ratings or the ratings go up anytime he's in the main event because the guy's obviously a draw for them. He's very popular. Um, he loses to Punk, obviously, as he should. But what's like his current trajectory? Because I could see him in the main event title picture. I think we've talked about it on the air before. I could see him as a world champion. I'm not sure if you said you did. But either way, I do think that him ending up in the main event scene at some point is inevitable. But like he already went after the TNT title. He already held that championship for six months. Like you said, he did the man of the year feud. Unless they were building up him and Sting for a tag team title shot, which I don't think they are, because they've only had two matches so far, and you kind of have to have wins in order to get title shots. Um, what, what's going on there? I mean, do you think they enter the tag team division, or what do you think? Where do you think Allen goes beyond All Out? That's tough. Um, it's I I don't know if I really see him as a main event guy. I think he could be popular enough. I guess he could. I see him as a Jeff Hardy. Obviously, I think Jeff Hardy is a little bit bigger than him, so it's a little bit more believable. Yeah, I was going to say that too, yeah. Um, like, he does have those Jeff Hardy vibes. Like, everyone always wants to see Jeff Hardy win the title. And just like He was always like just a mid-card stay, but he was still over as hell. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess you could do him maybe getting that one run. Um, I, I don't think that – with who's rumored to come in, I don't think you said that would happen anytime soon. Um, but after all, I like – Maybe, like, if Tanahashi comes in or one of those guys, maybe can do something with the, that belt if he wants to contend for that. It just, mm-hmm. I don't want to see him and Sting in the tag team division. So anything besides that. But with all these rumored guys coming in, it's just starting to muck up the water a little bit. And I hope he doesn't kind of get lost in the shuffle somewhere. Do you think Sting stays in a mentor role for now? Because I was thinking last night, like, oh, if Sting, if this Allen Punk match happens, Sting isn't wrestling at all out, which he doesn't necessarily have to, and he's only had two matches so far, one being cinematic. This would be the biggest crowd that he would have wrestled in front of since coming to AEW. So I'm a little surprised they wouldn't have a match for him in the show, but I'm also kind of glad that it seems like, as far as I can tell, unless he has a singles match with someone else, which is also possible, they have a month to build it up, um, he's not being shoehorned into a match and forced into one for no reason just to get him on the card. Yeah, I'd rather have him in Darby's corner than him wrestling on another match on this one. I mean, with Sting, though, at this point, do you think they could still get a singles match out of him at some point? I think that's inevitable. I just don't know if they do it now or if they save it for down the road, depending on who it is. I would say hopefully get him in the ring sooner rather than later just because of his age. But, yeah. yeah. Um, it just has to make sense. I just, even though I love Rollins, like him and Sting, Sting really didn't make a ton of sense. It was fine, and obviously he got hurt, but... I don't know. With the older guys, it is tougher for me. I just, I don't know. I like Sting. He's not my favorite of all time, but I just, I'd rather them focus on Darby and kind of have Sting with him, kind of get him over a little bit more than he already is, maybe with more of a casual fan, because, I mean, the hardcore AEW fans love Darby Allen before Sting was even there, but 
kind of get him over as a more of a big deal, and that's maybe when you can get him into more of a world title run that more people see him at at that level. I think we talked about this a week or two ago, but with Allen, another name that just popped in my head, what if they put him up against Malachi Black? Because they're doing Malachi and Cody Rhodes next week. Cody Rhodes got very evidently booed last night on the show in North Carolina, which very much surprised me um, because he gets cheered in a lot of these cities they go to and a lot of the matches he has, he gets overwhelmingly cheered. But I guess when you put him up against someone that is much cooler than he is, then um, with Cody being a babyface and all, I guess he's just going to get booed. But they're doing the match next week. I was very surprised when they announced that last week just because you would think they would want to save it for the pay-per-view. Apparently not. Um, and that's fine as long as there's a plan here. Now, it looks like Cody Rhodes might be busy with his TV show, and they want to send him off early. For the second straight year, he will not be at All Out. So he loses here, obviously. I don't think Cody... If Cody wins, Malachi might as well pack it up and just go to Impact or something because I think that would be incredibly dumb. Um, and we haven't seen a go-go since he lost to Cody, even though he's been hurt. But still, I thought that was a dumb decision, too, at the time. So Malachi beats Cody. Do you have Malachi face Darby Allen? Is he going there and murder Sting? What do you think? I know we're kind of getting off track here from the Punk and Brian stuff for a second, but what do you do with Malachi Black beyond next week, assuming he does indeed beat Cody Rhodes in his entering debut for the company? Yeah, I guess you could, after he beats Cody, if he beats Cody, you could do him and him and Darby, and you can kind of beat up Sting, like you said, and Darby come to aid. Um, I feel like Star- Darby would have to win, though, so like I don't know what you totally do there. Um I don't know, it's tough. Like I said, I just feel like there's so many guys, and you're like, what are you going to do with this person? What are you going to do with that person? So, I think if he's not going for a title, it would be the perfect opportunity to do him and, him and um, Malachi Black, but it just, did he go that way? Does Cody lose? I feel like Cody hasn't really lost too many feuds. I mean, he's lost a few matches, but I don't know, we'll see. I just feel like he always wins, and I wouldn't be surprised if he beat him next week, unfortunately. Does Shaquille O'Neal finally resurface and face Cody Rhodes at the pay-per-view? Because we never got the resolution to that one. Who? <laughs> exactly. The guy that Who? disappeared that, like Ultimate Warrior oh in God, WCW was, 20 years ago. That was bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny that you mentioned that because, honestly, I totally forgot that he was even there for that one-off. And haven't seen him since. We really haven't seen Jade or... I mean, Red, I haven't seen Red Velvet on Dynamite since that match, so... Yeah, no, she's barely been on lately. She's been mostly relegated to the dark shows. So, I don't know. I, I may be, but I, at this point, I wouldn't really care to see that. It would be extremely out of right field. They're literally happening, and they haven't talked about it since, so... Speaking of Red Velvet and Jade, I think both of them have improved since that point. I, I enjoyed that match for what it was. I think Red Velvet has shown signs of improvement. Jade has gotten better. Um, but they're mostly on the dark shows, which is probably where they should be if they're not overly experienced. I get that. But Jade hasn't wrestled a match since fucking early June. She hasn't wrestled in a while. So with that being said, with this women's division, and again, I'm all over the place here, but it's on my mind, so I want to ask you now. They have a very good women's division, but they clearly have no stars beyond Britt Baker, the current champion, and now we know who was signed to AEW, Thunder Rosa, who was previously under an NWA contract, excuse me. Now she's officially under an AEW contract. Um, she was on the show last night beating Julia Hart. Another win for her. I think she's ranked number one or two in the rankings for the women. I don't remember. She's probably number two behind Nyla Rose. Um, they need more star power in this division. And I heard, yo, yeah, maybe with Rampage, they'll put the women on more often. I expect that, but like, 
don't you think they need more, like, they don't have any feuds in this division, really, even beyond the title picture, even in the title picture. Britt Baker just wrapped up her feud with Nyla Rose. It feels like there's a whole lot of nothing going on in the women's division right now. Yeah, it's, I think they have a good amount of pieces that are just not really put in the right place right now. Um, Dynamite's normally just Britt Baker, and like you said, maybe a one-off match, but it's usually not nothing of no, and I don't watch Dark really too often, and I hope I hope Rampage is kind of like a catalyst to push the women a little bit more. But like you said, they do have good women. I just feel like they never haven't really pushed them too far. And besides of Britt Baker, and I'll give Thunder Rosa because I think Thunder Rosa is extremely over with that crowd. Besides them, I mean, there's really no one that would say that's like a star. I think Ty Conti's over with that fan base, especially on Dark with what I've seen. Still think she needs some more seasoning, but she's been getting better. Mm-hmm. I think Elva out of all of them has star potential if she can keep it going i think she has a great look fans like her change the name hopefully because i think it's a dumb name but <laughs> it I, is, yeah. she has the look and potential to be be like a breakout star for them like i said at the end of the day she changed a terrible name but um jade is i mean i haven't seen a ton of her i think she has potential but i haven't seen a lot of her not a big statlander guy but people like her um, Sheeta, love Sheeta, but she hasn't been on TV in God knows how long. So they have women. I just feel like they need like continuously to book them, book them, and have more than one feud. I feel like lately it's just been Britt Baker and whatever she's doing, which is great. I love Britt Baker, but need a little bit more than that. Like the Bunny versus who was she just like Stalin? Like, come on! And yeah. she was their main focus was Cassidy and Butcher, and no one yeah. really cared about that. So they just need to focus on them more. And once a champion loses a belt, you can't just take him off TV and you never see him again. Because most people, if you're just a casual fan, you would think Hikaru Shida got like laid off because you haven't seen her on TV since. No, yeah, she hasn't been on Dynamite since she dropped the championship. She's been on Dark a few times, but she hasn't been on Dynamite at all. And those are really the shows that matter more than anything. Um, that's like if they should. Not, main events obviously much smaller than the Dark shows, but it's like if you appear on a secondary show, but you're never actually on the flagship program. And we haven't seen Sheeta since we haven't seen Sheeta since the pay per view. So um, I don't know. Hopefully she resurfaces at some point, especially with Rampage coming up and stuff like that. So kind of on that same token with Thunder Rosa, we asked this question a couple of weeks ago. I asked you if all out was the right time to put the belt in Adam Page. I think we can all agree now, especially that it absolutely is, and we'll get to him in a moment. With Thunder Rosa, it really looks like coming off her win last night that they are priming to put the AEW Women's World Championship on her. And obviously that was always the end game, going back to the unsanctioned match back in March. I just don't want it to be in August, though. I don't want it to be in September at all out. I feel like there's more that you can get out of Baker as champion with her and Statlander, her and um, Ty Conti. There's a couple other people she can face before dropping the championship. Um, do you think that we're going to get that match at all out, Rosa and Baker, or do they have another opponent in mind for Baker at that show? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think it's way too early to take the belt on Baker. I mean, she's just starting to get, like, she's just starting to really get over now that the crowd's back. She's starting to have a good run. Um, she's the most overwoman in the division now. I think it would be a huge mistake to take the belt off her already. Um, I, there's way more things you can do with her. She's hurt right now, so I, I mean... Like, she says she's going to wrestle, but haven't seen it happen yet. Um, maybe you can do, like, a like a number one contenders match at All Out, and maybe you save it for Arthur Ashe, that show. You could do a, do a title match, mm. but I honestly still think that's too early for her. I mean, she had a year-long, year-long title reign. I mean, obviously, 
she was good, but I just, I mean, Britt Baker was still a bigger deal during her title reign than Cheetah wasn't. She wasn't even the champion. I think it'd be extremely premature to take the belt off her because the way that they book, you wouldn't see her on TV ever again, and that would be a huge mistake. Well, I'm glad that she's at least maintaining a presence on the show, <clears throat> even while injured. She was on the show last night cutting a promo, and she said she was hurt. She acknowledged that in the match with uh, Nyla Rose. Obviously, Reba's hurt right now. Rebel got hurt a couple of weeks ago on Dynamite. Legitimately hurt. So she hinted at bringing in backup. I mean, everyone's got to have a fucking manager, right? Or an ally or a sidekick or something. Who do you think that person might be for Britt Baker? Do you think it's going to be a male or a female? That's the question. I don't know. I was thinking about a potential male, and I'm thinking... I don't know who that would be. Like, I'm thinking it's more of not a manager. She does not need a manager. She doesn't need a fucking Mark Sterling. Like, she made it sound like she needs someone to do her dirty work while she's out injured, however long that's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be a female. I just don't know who that person would be, though. Like, I think Alexis mentioned Awesome Kong, but she got let go, I think, a couple months ago when yeah, her contract I expired. So, And I don't think she can even walk anyway. Like, she's in terrible shape in terms of, like, I guess her back hurts. And, you know, she has I'd a lot be of- out on that. I mean, if you have someone, like you said, someone do her dirty work for her while she's out, I mean, honestly, wouldn't hate, like, a Ruby Riot if she went to AEW? Like, she could be, like... I could see that. That'd be great. I I would would like that. I mean, maybe that's what you do in the interim. She can't wrestle it all out, and she's like, oh, if you beat my fucking henchman or beat my dirty work person, then I'll face you for the title. I mean, you could do that. I like like Ruby Riot. I think she's, she's great, and... I think she got a short end of the stick in WWE, so I think she could go a long way in AEW. She's a little different than most people there. Um, besides that, I couldn't really think of anyone that really fit that kind of mold. How likely is it that they, over the next month, because especially since, I mean, Ruby Riot's contract with you know the 90-day non-compete clause is up in <clears throat> September, so they would have to really kill it before then. But how likely is it that they give her Abaddon or something stupid like that? Uh, I'm telling you, I'm just preparing for the worst because we called the Vicky one, as many other people did, and uh, that ended up happening with Nyla Rose last year. Oh, God. that's just, I just got night terrors. Don't, don't tell me that. I do not want to see Abaddon. <laughs> the more of Abaddon, the less of Abaddon I see, the better. I saw she was on dark, zipped right through it. It's just terrible. Please, no. Yeah, she's awful. She actually, I don't think she's been on Dynamite since she lost that match to Sheeta back in January, dude. January. I mean, that just goes to show you. I mean, I know they, they're probably high on her if they're still giving her wins on the dark shows, but, like, unless she's been hurt this entire time, why wouldn't you have put her on the show more often? I know she's terrible, but, like, a lot of people seem to like her. She's just not good. I don't see any anything in it. Please, no. It's, Plus, a, it's a gimmick. It's like Sister Abigail. Terrible. Yeah, it's fucking awful. <clears throat> but we'll see where they go with that. I'm, I'm curious to see <clears throat> what what happens with Baker, who they have lined up for her. She has a lot of potential opponents. They just kind of have to give her these people in the next couple of weeks. Um, back to Daniel Bryan. That we talked a lot about a lot there, but we were talking about Punk and Bryan initially. If Punk's showing up before All Out, where do you have Bryan show up? Now, I know we said last week in the initial belief is that it's going to be the Arthur Ashe Stadium show in New York City in mid-September. With Punk showing up before All Out, probably wrestling at the pay-per-view, do you still wait until New York to have Brian debut, or do you have Brian debut at All Out or that weekend or whatever, and then save his first match for the Arthur Ashe show? I would say sooner is better than later with him, 
Um, I would rather get him in before Punk. I think Punk will overshadow him coming in. Yeah, he'll still get buzz, but I think you need to get him in before Punk just to get, like, the buzz. Of, oh, Daniel Bryan's there in a couple weeks. Oh, my God, CM Punk's there, too. Mm-hmm. Kind of gain the momentum. If you get them both at the same time, it's kind of like when WWE calls up, like, five people. You're like, oh, my God, they have these people, and then you just kind of forget about it. Yeah. So, you know, I think marketing-wise, or just trying to get them over and buzzworthy, I would have them debut different times. I would have him debut before Punk just to kind of get him in there, have a match at All Out, and then if Punk's not going to wrestle at All Out, but you're going to like, he'll be there, then you can have Brian wrestle. Yeah, I guess you could do that. And Brian, I, we already talked about this a little bit last week. So if Allen is Punk's first opponent, who would the first opponent be, in your opinion, for Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, whatever? Tough one. Um, I mean, <laughs> do we dare I say Miro? I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking in my head, who else? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I mean, him and Moxley, if Moxley's not doing anything at all, I think him and Moxley would be pretty cool. I mean, Moxley's kind of not doing anything at the moment. He's not, no. I mean, he teased something with Tanahashi. That's where I think they're going with that. Yeah, so maybe you do that. Man. But honestly, at the end of the day, it sounds like <laughs> when you do process of elimination, it looks like possible Miro. Listen, I've enjoyed the Dynamite shows the last month, but, like, why the fuck haven't they featured Miro at all? He's been in promos and stuff, but he clearly has no direction, dude. And this is a guy that's supposed to be, like, he's the TNT champion. He hasn't appeared in the flesh on the show once. And he's not even on the Dark shows wrestling. Like, he just hasn't wrestled since June when he beat Brian Pillman Jr. Like, to me, it feels like they have, I like Miro, they're protecting him, I think that's great. But they clearly ran out of ideas for him or just didn't know what to do with him after he beat Lance Archer double or nothing because he's done absolutely nothing of note since then. It's funny that you say that, too, because when Darby was champion, he was on every episode of Dynamite. Exactly. I, I have no issues with I think he, the TNT champion, like, that's the show. It's on TNT, so, like, they should be on the show every week. Not defending the title like he was doing. He was, like, defending against every Dark Order guy, but <laughs> at least he was on the show every week doing something. With Miro, like you said, I just feel... Um, he really is in a direction since he's won the belt. Um, I think he's going to wrestle next week. I can't remember who he's wrestling. I saw a preview. Yeah, he's facing, he's facing Lee Johnson, but again, it's not like Why? a long-term feud. Yet. What, what is, it, is that going to lead to him facing, and Dustin Rhodes? Who cares? Why is he facing Lee Johnson? I think it was a fan-voted match. I think this is amazing, but I think on Dark, or maybe Elevation or whatever it was, they had a match between Lee Johnson and Luther that I think it was voted on by fans. I don't know where this fucking poll was, but the winner of that match got a TNT title shot. So, Johnson's getting a title shot next week. Jesus, so they take the janitor out of the back, too, and give him a title shot? <laughs> Come on. I mean, Lee Johnson, I think he's fine, but he needs a lot of work to do. I just... That's the one thing I hate, is like they, I feel like they just feed all these people title shots that don't deserve them. Well, they have these power rankings. I will say, because I've been very critical of it, I know we both have been, I think they're utilizing the power rankings way more now than they were six months to a year ago, especially with the women's division and the world title division. With the TNT title, though, they clearly just don't care. They're just feeding them these guys losers so they can just get wins on TV. The TNT title picture, while Allen was on the show every week, even he, while he was champion, didn't have a lot of direction because he was largely teaming with Sting. And Miro has even less direction because he's not even on the fucking show. At this point, I feel like they're just holding out until Lana's free to come in, and they're going to use them on TV together. Oh, that doesn't just make matches for him, though. No, it doesn't, but I think that's one more thing they could do with him, and I don't really overly want to see that, but I just think that's that he's been name-dropping for so much. But 
Oh, man. I don't know. I just don't know what you fucking do with it. I mean, there's a lot you could do with the guy because they have a big roster, but, like, do you build a Brian Cage in Miro? Like, I know we talked about a lot about this last week, but I don't know. I'm just, it's it's weird to me that he's not even on the show in the crowd, and it's been four weeks since they've been on the road now. Yeah, I, I just, I just, like, we always go back to, I just, for him, it's like, I feel like they have to go to these random people because, like you said, could you do him in Cage? Yeah, but he's clearly busy right now with, with the uh, team Taz, there's like no one open for him, so it's like that's why they're doing these random ass matches. But then the day, it just I just like why put the belt on him if you had no idea what you're gonna do with him. I guess that's my point. It's like he won the belt, and since then he's really not done a lot, and I just don't get it. Like he faced Brian Pillman randomly, okay, that went nowhere. He faced Dante then, Martin from uh, Top Flight. Eva well, Luno. Oh my God, stop. This is what I'm saying, dude. I just, I don't know. They haven't had a real feud over that championship. I mean, they did it briefly with Miro and Archer, but even that was kind of thrown together just as a match for double or nothing. Beyond that, I don't even fucking know. I know Allen was feuding with Team Taz, but again, that was kind of more about Sting than it was the TNT title. They haven't had a real feud over this champion. At this point, they're just having it like, I mean, I know a TV title, that's kind of what it is, but I would also like to see real feuds over it too, like with Cody Rhodes and Brody Lee. Like, I think that was interesting, but they haven't really done anything of like that since then. I feel like that championship is the most underutilized title in that company, especially with how deep of a roster they have at this point. They really could be doing more with that championship than they currently are. I, I don't see enough people talking about that. Well, it's because they don't have enough stars to build up. Like you said, if, it, if like Brian Pillman is built up as like an upcoming babyface, then yeah, like if he got a couple single wins and he kind of got built up a little bit and oh, next week we're going to have a face mirror. Okay, like. You can do that as a one-off, and there doesn't need to be a feud, but like, at least he's done something to deserve it. They're just like, oh, Brian Pillman's going to get a title shot. Why? Oh, and I'll just give it to him. Like, you got to build these people up that people care about them. Like, Lee Johnson, fine. He hasn't been on Dynamite in months. Why, why would anyone that just only tunes on Dynamite they'd be like, why is Mira facing this guy? Yeah. I feel like it should be the That's dark the championship at this point. haven't built anyone up, really haven't built anyone up at all, besides, I mean, the WWE guys kind of sell themselves, so it's like... And besides Hangman, they really haven't built too many of the non-WWE guys up to enough that people would take them credible. Well, Darby Allen, Darby Allen as well. I missed him. Well, he already won the title, though. I'm saying people that haven't won the title yet. I mean, why don't they just go back to that and have Allen go back for the championship and then he loses or something? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, we talked about Allen and how he doesn't really have much to do aside from the Punk stuff, which is obviously going to take precedence. But I was thinking about that yesterday. Like, why don't they yeah, just but- do a rematch between them? Because he's over enough that they don't need to put him in the title picture. Like, they know the crowd likes him already, so, like, they can do other things. Like, if he was just on the show, he could face the janitor and people would like it. So, yeah. it's a little different with him. I think he's a separate a separate kind of special occasion that he doesn't actually have to be doing anything and people will still care about him just because he's so over. I mean, that's like with Hangman. Like, he's been in this whole Dark Order stuff and people eat it up. I mean, it's not like your normal person. If you did that with, I don't know, name any other person no one would give a shit but since they're already kind of wicked over then it doesn't matter like imagine putting Brian Cage with Dark Order people would blow snot and wouldn't care that's the thing so I think Brian Cage like being you could position him as a title contender at some point maybe it all out I don't know where his feud with Team Taz is going but like you kind of mentioned it there where they have I think they have a lot of good baby faces but all of them feel like they're above that level like I don't really see Moxley or Cody being TNT title materially at this point I mean even Cody's already held it twice I don't really want to see him back at that level but you know what I mean like Allen is above it Paige is above it they don't really have any like solid 
mid-card baby faces. They have a lot of Jungle good... Boy. You say Dark Order? Jungle Boy. Oh, Jungle Boy. Yeah. Do you think maybe they could do that? Or Christian Cages, I guess, is another one, too. I don't know. Do you think they're going to have Christian turn on Jungle Boy? Or what do you... I mean, they've been having... Christian has been getting a lot of wins lately, which makes me think they might be giving him an AEW title shot before Paige, which is why Paige lost last night. Wait, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, man, Space and Omega and all that. What do you mean? No, do you th- I'm thinking they might give Christian Cage a title shot before Paige, like as in like on Dynamite or something. Because yeah. Cage has been on the show like for the last two or three weeks winning matches, and they even said last night, oh, he's ranked number three, and because Paige lost, he might climb up in the rankings, and he hasn't yeah. lost. So I, I don't know. I feel like that's what they might do because I feel like the TNT title might be below the guy at this point. Yeah, I guess you could do it. I just I don't like when they... I don't really love that idea, but I guess you can do it. It's not I don't favorite. love the idea either, but it's it's that's the feeling that I got from watching it last night. Yeah, I don't love the idea, but yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, I guess you gotta. I don't know. The thing is, is that I would do Omega and Christian. I like the idea of that a lot, but like, do you do it two weeks before All Out when we already know we're getting Paige and Omega? Like, I feel like if we had another month or two before the pay per view, then yeah, maybe. Like with Jungle that's Boy, like they focused enough for a little while. That's what I was just about to say. It's kind of weird giving him a title match if in two weeks after that we know it's going to be Omega and Hangman. Obviously, Christian's not going to win. It's just kind of like a, a random filler right there. Yeah, I mean, it would be fine if this was like late June, like with the Jungle Boy thing, but like if we're so close to the pay-per-view, why would you do it now? I don't know. I'm not even saying they will. I just got that sense last night because they were like, oh, he's undefeated, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he will go for the team title. I'm completely misreading the situation, but Paige losing made me think that maybe they're going to give him the title shot before then. And obviously, it all out, Paige gets the title shot. But regardless of what we saw on Wednesday, you still think Paige and Omega is the end game at all out, right? Despite the fact he lost on Wednesday? Yes. Yeah, and he has to win, right? <laughs> he has to win. I saw people saying... You can wait till full gear, no fucking chance. No. no. Once Brian, because you need him to win the belt, solidify him as a star, which he is, but like with their audience. But if he wins, I think you can make him like an actual big, big star that like casual people will love as well. And then like that'll be your first like big homegrown guy. And then when you bring all the WWE guys, he'll be somewhat on their level. If you don't have him win and then you bring Punk and Brian in and they're like fucking tearing the house down. They can be very. I feel like they could be such big news that they could like erase all plans to give Hangman the belt full gear, and then they just push those guys in, and you'd literally ruin what you have. Like the story's made, you can just do it now, get it done, make Hangman a star, and then evolve. You can't wait now. If you wait, I think he's in deep, deep trouble. Because they had read that they might be shifting their plans with Punk and Brian coming in. But, I, I mean, they can't be dumb enough to not give Paige the belt at this point, right? Even waiting until full gear is way too long. Like I said, I think if you, they wait till full gear, Brian and CM Punk's popularity, their pull, even if they bring Tanahashi and I think he's a big, would be a bigger deal. Like, yeah. put the belt on now, make him a solidified star, make him mean something, and then bring those guys in. And if you don't, they'll overshadow him, and I think the win, like, I think people will still be excited that he wins if he went to full gear. I just think he'd be such an afterthought at that point, and I don't think you can build him losing. Like, what's he going to do? He just lost. Like, he, need to, he needs to win. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. He needs to fucking win, and he needs to win now. It's like that commercial, what is that, uh, Call Cash Now, J.G. Wentworth, Adam Page. Give him his title now. He needs to win it all out. He can't wait until full gear. It won't be as 
big of a moment. It would be more predictable at that point because no way he loses to Omega twice on back-to-back pay-per-views. He has to win it all out, regardless of what happens with everyone else, even with Tanahashi coming in and and, and Brian and Punk and Juventud Guerrera and everyone else, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, other thoughts from Dynamite. I thought FTR and Santana Ortiz had a good match, but clearly cut short by the injury to Cash Wheeler, which you have some insight on after rewinding it. Um, clearly, the finish was rushed. I'm not surprised the match was good, but not great. I'm assuming they're holding out for future matches, which I always knew this would be a multi-match program anyway. But um, yeah, the ending kind of came out of nowhere, probably because Cash Wheeler got hurt. So from what you saw, what do you think it is? And do you think this kind of puts the rest of the program in jeopardy? Yeah, I thought this was like, this is the match I was looking forward to the most last night. Um, a big FTR guy. I like Santana and Ortiz as well. I think Santana has the potential to be an absolute breakout star on his own. I just mm-hmm. think he has looking stuff. So I think that's someone you can look down the line to possibly be a good star. But yeah, it was a good match. Pretty, like you said, short. I think they did cut it off. I, I, I'm pretty sure Cash broke his arm. It looked like his bone came out of his skin, which was. Ugh, it just gives me the fucking heebie-jeebies. But um, I was the worst part. I was literally going to come in today. Like I love, like I love FTR. I think they're great. I was going to say, I think Cash has got so much better in the ring. I mean, he was great before, but I, I think them as a unit now, like I can solidify that they're like the best tag team in the world. And wow, I am, I am upset that he got hurt because I've, I've been so impressed with Cash lately that I was hoping they'd win here, kind of gain more momentum, get the belts back, but. Him being injured, if he if he did break his arm, I mean, I don't know what the recovery like is, but I think that could put a real serious uh, detour on their title title picture right now. Yeah, so I mean, I always assume, like I said, that they're going to build to a rematch. Santana Ortiz went there, probably get a title shot again. As we said before, probably not at all out. I wouldn't do it there. I would do it at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Have Santana Ortiz went there, um, but yeah, no, I thought the match was good, and that injury is pretty devastating if it does put him out for any length of time. As we talk right now, I don't have any update on it aside from what we already know and what you just said. So I don't know if he's going to be out for any length of time or if, if it's going to affect anything. I honestly have no idea. Um, but yeah, I think FTR have really thrived since coming over to AEW. I mean, it's amazing that WWE had these guys for so long. And I thought they did well there. Clearly, they had some success that they were like multi-time tag team champions. They held five titles over the course of a few years. And a lot of those reigns didn't really mean anything because of WWE booking. But... Do you think these guys are finally in their element in AEW, which is ironic given that it's all, you know, the, the, the perception of the company is all the flips and the high flyers and all this other shit, but FTR have been one of their best booked acts since they signed over a year ago. Yeah, I think their gimmick or their style is what makes them different, and especially with a company that's known for more indie wrestling, which is more flips and stuff like that, I think yeah. that's what makes them stick out, and I just... No, I, I think they've been great. I mean, they haven't had a ton of... They, honestly, they need more airtime. I feel like they haven't been on Dynamite enough wrestling. I mean, I think last night was the first time they've actually wrestled a tag match in, in a while. Because I know they had that six-man with Wardlow, but before that, they haven't really wrestled on Dynamite too often. So, I was going to say we need more FTR, but if, if Cash is going to be out, then might hinder that opportunity. But no, I, I think they're great. I think... They're, they're so different than what we see from everyone else that it makes them special, and they're really good at old-school wrestling. Yeah, they're very good, and I think at some point, um, you know, them and Santana Ortiz, again, one more match between the two teams could even be even better. Maybe they do a rubber match at All Out, or they do another one before then, assuming Cash Wheeler's okay. Didn't look like it, but, you know, here's wishing him the uh, here's wishing him a speedy road to recovery. 
So also from last night, we kind of talked about really everything else. Thunder Rosa, Christian Cajun, Jurassic Express picking up a win. Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes next week. We got to get to the obvious, dude. We got to get to this. I saved it for last for a reason. Um, I was not a fan of it. I know you hated it even more than I did. No rules match. Chris Jericho, Nick Gage, um, star Dark Side of the Ring from a few months ago. I said, la- I don't know if I said this on the show, but I said this on, I don't know, Twitter or something. But listen, I don't care for the hardcore shit at all. I thought it was cool they brought in Gage as someone who doesn't work for the company. I love the idea of AEW using people who don't work there, so it kind of gives that feeling like, oh, anything can happen. The match itself, I was not a fan of this at all. You caught, you, you watched it just to say that you watched it and that you didn't skip over it. And I'm proud of you for doing that because this was a tough one to get through in terms of like, a lot of head-shaking moments, and I'm like, this guy's a fucking moron. Jericho's an idiot for going through with this. The guy's 50 years old, and he's doing this dumb shit. Like, what the fuck is this? Um, Gage is just... There's a reason. I mean, I know, obviously, he's not on a national program because of his style of wrestling, but he screams to me like a Joey... Not Joey Janela. I mean, Joey Janela to an extent, but... Um, what's his name? Joey Ryan before he became a fucking, or he, he always was a pedophile, but before all that shit came out about him, he screamed to me, one of those type of guys that is just not on the level of an AEW or a WWE or like he was an impact for a while, but he's just not a big time player. Like he doesn't translate to that type of stage. He is an indie guy. Nick Gage to me is an indie guy. The guy can, if you, if you take away all the hardcore shit, Nick Gage will fucking flounder. Um, and I just did not like this match at all. I just, I, I don't even know if I respect them for doing it because I thought it was stupid. I thought this was gen- one just giant fucking, not fail because people seem to like it, but like, I don't know. I just thought it was one giant dumb experiment. So give me your thoughts, Mr. Marceau, on the no rules main event between Jericho and Nick Gage. It was exactly what I thought it was. I did I did the WrestleMania audience uh, service. I watched it, did not screw <laughs> it. I watched... It piece by piece, a couple times the phone may have come out. Uh, might have Twitter surfed a little bit when the pizza cutter came out. I mean, the, like you said, at the end of the day, Nick Gage is just—he's kind of like the modern day like New Jack. It's just like he's over with a specific audience. To me, that shit does not belong on a national stage. It does not belong on national TV. It is just garbage. Like, I don't need to see a guy slicing up with a pizza cutter, the stupid light tubes, the glass pane. Like, I, I don't need to see any of that. I think they're just trying to jump off the little popularity they had in the recent Dark Side of the Ring. And besides that, this guy has no business. I mean, even with that, the guy has no business to be on national TV. He's just like mm-hmm. an outlaw, garbage deathmatch guy. And I can't believe Jericho was souped down to those levels. Like... He used to be a star. Now he's wrestling garbage deathmatch guys on national TV. It's honestly embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping this is a one-off. If he's still in the company, they have fucking big problems. And that's all I have to say about the match. And I mean, I don't think it was ever a doubt that he that Jericho would win. Yeah. I mean, with five labors, it's obviously like he's going to win all of them and then eventually face MJF again. But... <sighs> I'm, I, I'm like, can we just take a death on the? On, can we take a break on the death matches? I, I, I'm kind of death matched out at this point. Yeah, because I feel like, especially in recent weeks, did we not get a street fight a few weeks ago between um, the Bucks and Kingston and Penta, and then we had the coffin match, which was kind of extreme. I mean, with Allen and Page a week or two ago. Um, so 
So it was two weeks ago. It was three weeks ago. We got the no DQ tag match that you yeah. set up. Two weeks ago, we got Darby and uh, Ethan Page. Last week, we got Moxley and Lance Archer. That's what it was, yeah. Texas death match, and we got this one this week. So, I'm at this point, I'm out. Of, I'm done with death matches. I don't need to see anymore. I mean, the only thing that would complete the uh, <clears throat> trifecta here is in uh, Monsters Ball match. Just bring in Abyss. If they did Monster Ball with Abyss, I would, I'd make an exception. <laughs> Dust off Chris Park from the WWE. He's he's like one of their backstage agents now. Maybe they can bring him in for a one-off, but. Yeah, and I don't like the... I mean, I know they're doing it for the live crowds and they have fans again, but I'm just... I mean, this is just me personally speaking. If it translates to ratings, then great for them. But as a fan myself, and this is just my opinion, I'm not even saying objectively it was terrible. I'm just saying, in my opinion, I just fucking hated it. Um, I will say the only positive thing I will say about it, it was as brutal as I thought it would be. Light tubes. Ugh, I just... I hate the pizza cutter. I hate forks. I just think it's stupid. It doesn't really add anything. You could tell maybe a good match with certain elements like that, but when they go overboard with it, it's violence for the sake of violence. I think it's just trash. The one positive thing I will say about it was that it was must-see. Like, I wanted to watch it just to see what they would do. Not because I I thought the match would be great. I knew it would be garbage, literally and figuratively. But I wanted this. It was like a train wreck. Like, it was hard to look away, and that's probably why it did a decent rating, I would imagine. We don't know what the ratings are right now, but... That's just what I'm expecting, and they captured that spectacle feel to it. I just don't know. I mean, like you said, as a one-time thing, I'm fine with it. If they do this any more beyond this, then it's a fucking problem. I don't think TNT wants any more of this garbage shit either because it was just awful. Um, but yeah, overall, what are your thoughts on Dynamite? Obviously, we've spent a majority of the show already talking about AEW, but there's a lot of stuff going on right now, so I thought it was worth it. But um, overall thoughts on Dynamite from last night, the Fight for the Fallen edition, as well as uh, your current thoughts on the product as it stands right now. Because I tweeted this out last night. I'm, I know you're obviously not the biggest fan of a lot of the stuff they're doing, but especially when it comes to the title picture and the goofy shit with Paige and Omega, I completely understand that. I'm digging the show right now. This is probably the most must-see show on TV right now as far as wrestling goes, even more so than SmackDown, which is still pretty a pretty good show most weeks. Uh, Raw is a fucking chore to get through, and we'll get to that in a minute, but I don't know. I feel like they're making good moves in there with the fans being back. That is really the element that's been missing from these shows, is having those crowds back. NXT is the same exact thing. They need to get the fuck out of the Capitol Wrestling Center, because it just is hurting those shows a lot, but I do think Dynamite's uh, captured that momentum right now, that elusive momentum they've been missing for a long time, so... I've been digging the weekly shows. But what were your thoughts on this one overall and just AEW in general? I thought it was a good show. I, I, I wouldn't say it was their best show. I wouldn't say it was their worst. I thought there was some good stuff, some bad stuff, and stuff in between. I think that's kind of at this point what you can look for. I, I think I'm hoping they're not firing all, all their shots now and just blowing all through. Because I feel like every week they have these special shows and they're just kind of like blowing through matches. So I'm hoping they kind of save back. Like you can do a couple squashes. You can do a couple. Like I said, that's how you should build up. Like uh, underneath Babyface, they get to Miro, and that's someone would actually care about. Like put him on Dynamite, face some some heel, get him some wins, and then get him over to a point that he'd be credible. Um, I mean that that works too. Like not everything's got to be a five star instant classic on the TV show. So I hope they go with that route. Maybe a little bit more than just kind of doing all these big matches with all these stipulations and kind of build more people up so we get more interesting feuds. So. Besides, I thought the show was, like I said, I thought it was a good show. I think they have a lot of momentum, obviously, with Brian and, and Punk coming in rumorly. And if Tanahashi comes in, I haven't seen a lot of him, but I've heard a lot about him, and I heard he's amazing. So 
Uh, I'm interested to see him as well. Um, I didn't care for Haku's son last night because Lance Archer before last night was an absolute joke. Um, <laughs> and like I told you, they took him from literally pure obscurity to big champion. Everyone's got to face him in two weeks, which that's like a WWE thing, like putting the belt on gender. And I hope if Tanahashi comes in, he beats Lance Archer, and then maybe we can get him and Moxley. Or Ta- him and yeah. someone else. And him Ta- and anyone else. I, I, I like Archer, but to me at this point, he's basically like Brian Cage and never won anything of a porn, so I don't care about him. He's like that second stepping stone type of, re- type of wrestler, right, for you? Yes, he is the... Yeah, he's a stepping stone guy. There's nothing wrong with that. You need stepping stone guys, but... Don't put him on TV and act like he's a big deal. Don't put him in the world title picture and expect me to think that he's going to win the belt. That type of exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I agree. I'm looking forward to Tanahashi coming in. I, I I can't say I've seen every match of his. I've only watched what I've seen from like past Wrestle Kingdoms and I think I saw him face. Who did he face this year? I don't remember. Okada. Uh, <laughs> now he's faced Okada like a million times. He faced someone back at Wrestle Kingdom this. It might it might have been Zack Saber Jr. I don't remember. Um, but he's like a legend over there. He's like their John Cena. Um, that's another one too. So I've seen way more of Okada. I really want to see Okada in AEW. I know obviously the perception, like we've talked about before, oh, Meltzer, five stars, seven stars, fucking Tokyo Dome, whatever. He's a guy though that I think he is worth the hype. And whenever he does come in, whether it be soon or next year, because they have a lot of COVID issues over in Japan, um, at the moment, apparently. So I don't know when he could come in. But I think he's a guy, Kota Bushi as well, who we saw in the Cruiserweight Classic five years ago. Um, I think those guys that you could have some absolutely amazing matches with. If they're able to secure Okada, Brian, Tanahashi, and Punk in the span of a few months, this might be the most excited I've been for a promotion in a very long time. Probably since NXT was snatching up all those people a couple of years ago. Like, I think that would be I think that'd be a game changer for AEW compared to uh, WWE, at least in my opinion. I don't know about you. I think it is big for them, but I think also, which you've seen, obviously, with Cena coming back, and obviously, I think Becky will come back, there's rumors of Rock come back. I think, yes, it's going to be big for AEW, but I don't think WWE is just going to sit there and take it. I think this is exactly what they do need, is it competition? Obviously, you've seen back in the back in the day when they had competitions, when they did their biggest stuff, and I think the last 10 to 15 years, they've never really had competition, or someone that had the buzz that they did. I mean, TNA had a little buzz when Hogan and Bischoff came in, but they blew that right out the tube. So I think, if anything, this is good for WWE, if you're a WWE fan, because the more people they bring in, the more it should be put pressure, and, you know, Vince doesn't want to be number two or even think like that. So hopefully that puts a fire under their ass and gets them that better product, and we can have two good shows. Hopefully, I mean, the thing with WWE and AEW is that both companies, to their credit, are bringing in the big guns for the return to live crowds, which hopefully stays, you know, stays put and the Delta Vary doesn't fuck with that. I don't think it will, hopefully, but we, you never know. Um, but like, yeah, like you said, Cena, they got Goldberg back now for whatever that's worth, and you got Edge and all this other stuff. Um, and AEW, they're bringing in, you know, they're bringing in people from the past as well. Daniel Bryan and Punk are kind of the bigger stars of the last decade, not this current one. But it's all a matter of how many new stars can you build. Can people tune into Punk but stick around for a page or tune in for Brian and stick around for a Darby Allen? 
That's where I think AEW is going to get one over on WWE. And honestly, people like to shit all over WWE, and rightfully so, because Raw last week was a fucking shit show, in my opinion. In my opinion. But at the same time, though, Raw ratings have gone back up in the last couple of weeks. Like, with the return of live crowds, I think it was 1.8 million last week, which is terrible compared to, like, a year or two ago. But, like, they were doing 1.3, 1.5 a couple of weeks, like, a couple of months ago. So... The show rating has improved, and it's for the crowds, and it's for the people they're bringing in. I think it's more a matter of how many people can you keep around, if that makes sense. Like, it's cool if AEW does over a million viewers. How many of those viewers are you able to maintain? I think that's really the question with both companies right now. Yeah, definitely. At the end of the day, they can bring all the stars in, but if they can't, can't maintain it, and then get those people that they come back or get new fans that care about, like you said, the underneath guys or guys that are homegrown and not the stars... That's how you win. That's how you get big. Is you win them back or get them to watch with the stars, and then you keep them with the new stars. So that's what WWE's had issues with lately. And I mean, AEW needs to not mess that up. So that's why Paige has to win it all up. Exactly. I I can't wait to see your reaction if he loses. You're gonna be the first person I call. If he loses, I might jump out my window. (laughs) We shall see. Um, usually we have the quick thoughts about Dynamite and then kind of go in-depth with everything else, but because Dynamite was kind of newsworthy this week, I wanted to flip it. So, Raw for Monday Night, I, I did think it was a better show than last week. I did not like last week's show, really, at all, but I thought this week's show was actually pretty good overall. Um, we did find out for a fact, Nikki Ash, Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, triple threat match at SummerSlam Raw Women's Championship. That was before Charlotte Flair bit, uh, beat Nikki Ash clean in the main event, which I thought was fucking dumb. Um, your thoughts on the match being made official for SummerSlam and what we saw from Nikki Ash this past Monday night? I think that's exactly where we knew it was going. I thought the triple threat was what's going to happen, so I guess I'm happy with that. I don't hate her losing just because she kind of is like the flunky that won, and like she won kind of randomly, and she's kind of intertwined with Rhea and Charlotte. Like she won those like you can't beat me in two man matches, so like she's an underdog. She did take the ultimate opportunity to beat Charlotte. Like, she should still at this point be kind of like an, an under afterthought and an underdog. So I didn't really hate her losing. I just, why well, we have to see it again next week? Is she gonna lose again? Like, yeah. I don't know. I I, I would have done what they did this week. I would have just had her as like the underdog champion and then going to SummerSlam. I wouldn't have her look like an absolute. Lo- if she loses like this week, then next week, and then loses the Rhea like once or twice, then she just looks like a loser, and then. When she wins at SummerSlam, we'll all be like, what the fuck happened? I'm not going to say this is going to happen. I just get the sense that it could. But do you think they might book her as a Rey Mysterio-esque champion? Where she just has, like, these... Where she's like, loses every time. And she only wins whenever it matters most. Like, I don't want to see that happen to her. Yeah, that happened with Rey for, like, two months. He lost on SmackDown, like, every week. And then <laughs> why? Win at, I mean, why not? And then he'd win, like... I think he won, like, the first two pay-per-views after. So he lost, like, he would lose to, like, Mark Henry and, like, Great Collie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he beat, like, JBL and uh, someone else on the pay-per-view. And then he lost that, I think it was Judgment Day to King Booker because of fucking Chavito. Yeah, I think it was Great American Bash, yeah. Yeah, either Judgment Day or Great American Bash to Chavo. Yeah. Prick. Prick! I'm still not over that, by the way. This I'll happened 15 years ago. I'm still pissed about it. <laughs> Was that when Chavo became a big star? That's what, yeah, they like had him like beat the shit out of Rey Mysterio. Pretty sure he beat him in like a no DQ match, and then Rey got hurt, and then he didn't see Chavo again. I don't think ever. <laughs> I was going to say. Like, no, wait, let me check my notes. He came back with the Familia with Bam Neely. Got it. <laughs> the Familia. 
And that's where I entered in and I started watching. Oh, my God. I remember Bam Neely. Holy shit. <laughs> Bam Neely. That guy lasted for a literal sip of coffee. Yep. But, yeah, I think Nikki Ash, I like the story. I think she's over to an extent. I think people are just excited to be back. And she's somewhat new. And she has that underdog appeal. They always have, like, underdogs always have that appeal. I, I don't like once she loses the bell. I don't know. I think she's pretty much screwed because she's not a Rey Mysterio and she's just she's just a good champion. And besides that, no one re- would really care about her. So once she loses the bell, she she might be on main event. But for what it is now, it, I think it works because there is somewhat of a story with her, Rhea, and Charlotte. I just I like you said, I don't want it to be Rey Mysterio Junior when she wins wins in the big matches, but whenever. She's on Raw or anything. She just loses and looks like a loser. Yeah. Hopefully this is just a one-week thing. I don't want to... I mean, the thing is is that I lose all faith with this company where I can't really give them the benefit of the doubt because they just mess up so much. It's like with almost every other company, I'd be like, oh, you know, let's see where it goes. But this company just fucks up a lot so often where I just don't have any faith. But we'll see. Uh, Priest beating Sheamus, I thought that was a good match. Probably setting up a United States title match for SummerSlam, I would have to imagine. Uh, Karrion Cross won this week. I don't think he was originally supposed to. Apparently, he was supposed to lose to Jeff Hardy again. Um, but Hardy got the got the uh, got the Rona. He got COVID nineteen, so they put him in there with Keith Lee instead, and he beat Keith Lee. Um, so, what are your thoughts in the whole Cross? I thought this was dumb because why would you just put them in the ring together? Um, Cross won. The match was what it was. I think this says more about Lee than it does Cross. I mean, I think they just gave Cross the win for whatever reason, just to have him rebound from last week, I guess. But I'm I'm honestly a little worried about Keith. I don't know like if he's fully recovered from whatever he was dealing with or if they even see him as a star. I don't know. The booking of him the last two weeks has just been bizarre to me. Yeah, I was gonna say at the end of the day, yeah, like yeah, people are like, Oh, like Cross is gonna lose again. I mean, that's what they say, but we, it didn't actually happen, so I'm not gonna dive into that too much. But I think like you said, Cross winning which is is good because he should be winning, but at the end of the day I really do think it shows it, it it's worse for Keith Lee losing again. Um, I just like why can't he just beat like Humberto Correa or something? I I don't know. Like maybe they just maybe they don't see Keith Lee at that level. Like it seemed it was seeming like he was going like they had pushed him like upper. He was almost in the title picture. I, I just maybe he pissed them off enough. Like I don't really know what happened. They were saying there were some trademark issues, I guess, and that's could have been one of the reasons why he was off TV so long. But like he was like a big time player on Raw for once he got called up for a little bit and then. He went away, and then he, now he's come back, and he's just jobbing out every week. So I think it's more of a, a say on Keith Lee. I think it's worse for him to lose again the way he did than, than Cross winning here because it just kind of seemed random. Yeah, it was just bizarre. Like, the match came out of nowhere, and then he lost decisively. I thought he was going to get out of the, the, the choke. I'm gl- Listen, I'm glad Karrion won, but it's the same thing with the Hardy thing from last week. Why put these guys up against each other? It's just fucking weird. Like, you have jobbers on your show, and they're there for a reason. You can use local athletes. It's just weird. I don't know. Like you said, they, it's not like they've never seen anything in Keith Lee. I mean, the guy came in and beat Randy Orton in his first pay-per-view match on the main roster in five fucking minutes. He went for the title a couple times after that. He took Drew McIntyre to the limit. He was probably going to win the United States Championship at Elimination Chamber before he had to take time off. I, I don't know. I don't really know what happened. I don't know if the, the writing is on the wall and he's on his way out or if they. this is just... They do this a lot where they beat people down and then when they eventually start pushing them, no one gives a fuck. Because they've, they've already been established as a loser. They do that quite a bit. Maybe um, this is when Triple H got in trouble for the current call and he ate those plates of shit and he was just jobbing out every week. <laughs> Maybe. 
I don't know what Curtin Call Keith Lee was doing, but I don't know. He must have pissed in someone's coffee because I don't know what the fuck's going on. But you're right. Hey, it's maybe, it might be one of those things where they punish him for a couple months before they build him back up. I mean, I, again, I don't know why they do that, but they're so petty with that shit sometimes. Got a lesson, GSM. Got, got to teach him a lesson before they quit and go somewhere else. Before he's uh, Leith Key and uh, AEW. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it's. I feel like at the end of the day, like such an old school mentality. And then, I mean, Vince isn't no spry chicken, so like they have like that thought of like, oh, if they do something wrong, like maybe I know Medium got COVID. Maybe there was some tomfoolery going around for that. Like she got COVID doing something she wasn't supposed to do, and something maybe happened with Keith Lee. So maybe that's like, oh, we got to teach them a lesson. I think that's such an old person mentality. Like, oh, they got to like right their wrong. Like, no, they made a mistake and just fucking move on. <laughs> Wesley Blake made a, made a mistake with the uh, COVID stuff and they fired him. So yeah, but he's 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 fucking expendable. No, I know that. Yeah, I know that. I know the difference there. Yeah, it's just funny. Like, yeah, you're right though. This is not a new thing. This is a just an old school wrestling thing. But and he's an old school guy. He's 74 years old, 75 years old. So I can't say I'm overly surprised. Uh, that was really about it. Was there anything else from Raw this week that really stood out to you? Like, we didn't get Lashley and Goldberg made official, but Lashley did beat Alexander and Benjamin in a two-on-one handicap match. So. Then the writing's on the wall for, for Cedric Alexander, too, if that wasn't already obvious. But, um, again, I thought it was a decent show. Nothing overly wrong with it, but uh, better than last week, I thought. But there really wasn't much else to really dive into. Yeah, I'm trying to think what's in the show. Lily's back. Love that. Um, besides that, I can't really think of too much that was on the show. I mean, Reginald retained the 24-7 championship. <sighs> Jesus. I think it works with him, but like it can only go so far. So it's like, it's like when R Truth originally had it. it's funny or cool for like a week or two, and then it just gets old, which is going to happen with him. But I mean, it is what it is. Natalia got hurt. I saw. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no comment on that. Hopefully she's okay, but hopefully she's okay, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Priest and Sheamus was good, though. I I would say that was good. Uh, Riddle and John Morrison, they wrestled, right? Yeah, they had a good match, too, and then AJ and Omos attacked Riddle afterward. Yep, so, I mean, I think obviously we're going to get them them two versus Orton and Riddle at, at, at SummerSlam, which I'm excited for. So, like you said, it was a good show. Um, I think people, like people, I saw people like, oh, I mean, the opening segment for 20 minutes was ridiculous, but I think that was more of a... The Jeff Hardy pull out last second, they kind of were scrambling. So I think that was just the eat time, unfortunately. But that was kind of painful to sit through, unfortunately. Yeah, no, most definitely. I, again, like I said, I thought it was a decent show. Certain things were kind of hard to sit through a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I thought it was better than a better show than last week. Just not really much to dive into. We'll finish off with these last couple of things before I let you go. Uh, from NXT, which I thought was a much more newsworthy show, which was interesting considering it's like NXT compared to Raw. you think it would be the other way around, but whatever. And NXT usually really isn't all that newsworthy but it was this week uh we had the return of ridge holland which was cool we had uh dakota kai turning on raquel gonzalez which we all saw coming but it was finally made official bronson reads likely swan song from nxt as well as the announcement that samoa joe is headed back in the ring at takeover 36 to face um uh carrying cross obviously for the nxt championship so your thoughts on nxt overall and any of those little things that happen over the course of the show I thought it was a good show. I, I mean, I can't complain. Um, loved loved Bronson and Adam Cole. Um, I fear for Bronson now that we suck what happened to Karen. But I think, 
I always and I'm, I'm an idiot because I say every time I think there's a chance, but usually they let us down. So um, I, I like Bronson a lot. I, I, he has a lot of potential. I fear he'll be doing the Funkasaurus in a couple weeks. Unfortunately, that's what's probably going to happen. I'm not going to set my. I'm. I've got to the point now that I'm not going to say someone should be big on the main roster because it's probably not going to happen. So I'm just going to say they're going to do bad. So when they do well, I'll be happy. So yeah, he'll be doing uh, the Funkasaurus stuff in three weeks. Um, maybe they can call up another like hefty guy and he can be sweet tea and they can do the, the shuffle dancing and maybe they can call up a few girls and they can do the Funkadactyls. I mean, probably what's going to happen, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, but the Colin O'Reilly stuff I liked. Um, Fear for Bronson Reed again. He's going to be the Funkasaurus. Um, Ridge Holland coming back was great with uh, Pete Dunn and uh, Oni Lorcan. I like that little dynamic. Uh, Frankie Monet losing. Didn't love that. I, I mean, couldn't Camilla get pinned, but the whole Robert Stone stuff I'm fucking over with. He's just a loser. I don't even know why people would care. The guy's a guy's a glorified loser. Don't care about that. Um, the hit row, like Gardolf and Taz was, that was decent. I don't love how Hit Row lost though. Like I don't like that booking of oh, so like it overshadows them losing, but like it does nothing for Imperium. Like Imperium won cool, but like obviously the the big focus on Hit Row and 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 uh, Gardolf and Taz. Mm-hmm. I hope Hit Hit Row keeps babyface though. Unfortunately, I feel like they'll go back to heel, but I think they're good as babyfaces. They need more babyface factions. I think that works like the rappers. You give me at least tweeners. I don't want to be full heel. I feel like they have too many heel factions. They have a lot of heel that, factions, yeah. But that's good. I, I like them a lot. I like Lagarna Fantastic, but I think Hit Row is like, I think they have a potential to be big time. And so they go to uh, the main roster and they're doing like Sesame Street. Uh, <laughs> and then. What else is on the show? Oh, Kai. Kai Turner Gonzalez. I loved it. Love when I mean everyone saw it coming, but it was I, good. I, I like the execution. Oh, the execution was perfect. I love when Gonzalez got off the top rope and she hit her with the fucking kick. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. Great camera went, shot. Oh yeah, people went bananas and I went too, so that was a good show. Um can't complain. Carmelo Hayes with another big win. We kind of ciphered over that, but I like him. Yeah. I think he's great. Love Odyssey Jones. I think Odyssey Jones has a ton of potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the show was good. Uh, Joe and Cross would be great, I think. And it just scratched my head why the main roster got rid of Joe if he can wrestle still. So. <laughs> yeah, they basically took Cross, but they were like, hey, you can have Joe, but we'll take care of Cross. Makes no fucking sense. Um, yeah, that was another thing to do. If Joe was so close to getting cleared, which I don't know how close he was three or four months ago, then they just they fired him. I don't know. It's just fucking dumb. Um, but that being said, though, with uh, you mentioned Kai and Gonzalez. They were cheering Dakota Kai after she turned on Raquel. NXT is like a major babyface problem because they have a lot of heel versus heel matches. I fucking hate when they, like, once in a while it's okay. But they do it a lot, dude. They do it a lot. So is someone turning face here? And if so, I feel like it's got to be Dakota Kai, even though she came across like a heel. Like, they were cheering her name, but I don't think she's the one to turn heel. That's the problem. I don't think she's the one to go face. That's my problem with this program. No, they're going to turn Raquel face, but the people are going to cheer for Kai. Yeah. Raquel's just not a face. She's just not a face. She's kind of like the big muscle. I wouldn't say she's a bitch, but she has the look of like a big muscle heel. And I don't know. We've seen Kai as a face and a heel. I think she works better as a face. I like her as like the bubbly face better than the heel. But I think she's good in both roles. But I agree. I think as a face, she's better. And in this dynamic, they would cheer her as a face over Raquel. Because Raquel's always been a heel since she's kind of got to the big time like she was a baby face when she was like a texan and no one really cared about yeah, her yeah and the neon classic like five years yep. ago yeah but now that she's like been like 
a mainstay. She's always been a heel, and she just like feels like a heel. So I would have Kai go face, but like you said, I think it's going to be Raquel, and people are going to cheer Dakota. So it is what it is. Do you think Dakota takes the title or no? I, I don't think so. I like Kai a lot. I, I I think she deserves a title run. But I agree. I don't know because I just feel like if she wins, you guys could do her and Raquel, but then like who's next? I feel like you could do like Raquel if Raquel retains. You could do her and like Zoe Stark down the line. Um, her and EO again is also an option. Yeah, her and EO again. Yeah. Um, if Mandy Rose ever Brussels or Frankie Monet, like there's still some spots there, but I mean I think Kai. Kai deserves a title run. Even if they Kai won, and then she dropped the belt back to Raquel, I wouldn't hate that. Um, but, yeah. She's been uh, there for but, four years, dude. Give her a fucking title. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, we can't be giving out trophies to everyone, but she deserves it. She did, No, I know. I'm not saying, hey, Aaliyah's been there for a decade. Give her a title. But, like, she's been there long enough. She's been busting her ass. She deserves a title Aaliyah's run. Aaliyah's couldn't I mean? even get booked at the flea market show and. uh Sunrise, Florida. Now she's on the main roster. <laughs> well, uh, supposedly, we were told that they were, they traded Aaliyah for Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose has been on every episode of NXT since. We haven't seen Aaliyah on Raw at all, and they feature their women pretty regularly on Raw, but we haven't seen Aaliyah whatsoever. So, honestly, dude, this could be a case where like they called up quote unquote Vanessa Bourne and Chelsea Green and Santana Guerra, but they never made a single fucking appearance on uh, a single fucking appearance on the main shows before they got released. I mean. Not only his biggest fan, I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> Don't want to see anyone out of a job, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, you mentioned... Oh, okay, so uh, we were talking about Kai. Raquel maybe turning face. Like I said, this brand has a baby face problem. Because they have a lot of... The, NXT is an amazing roster. But like you got to dust off Samoa Joe to make him your top baby face. That's probably a big, big fucking issue, especially if Bronson Reed is on his way up. Like... The only big, the biggest babyface they have right now, assuming I don't know, I guess I guess like you said, hit row or faces, I guess. Um, but they have Samoa Joe, they have Kyle O'Reilly, so he comes out after the main event and he attacks Adam Cole again, and he gets fucking booed more booed than he has at any other point up to this point, and they've they haven't been overly favorable towards Kyle O'Reilly in the last couple of months, but he got pretty loudly booed by the hundred people that are in that building, of course, but still, I mean. They were just, listen, I love Kyle O'Reilly. I, I think that the fact they're pushing him is great. He hasn't really been featured on his own up until they broke up Undisputed Era just recently. I, I don't know why they're booing him, but I, I think bottom line, regardless of what your thoughts are on that, they're doing another match between these two. I'm not surprised because I knew they would do a rubber match, but it's time to move the fuck on. Like, I, I'm, at, I'm, at a, I'm at a, like, we're between a rock and a hard place here with Adam Cole because he either stays... And I said this, I said this six months ago, dude. When they broke up on Disputed Era, they should have done Loser Leaves Town's match. Loser Leaves Town match at that takeover stand and deliver. But they just had an unsanctioned match, and then they resumed the feud anyway. I fucking hate when companies do that. AEW has done that. WWE does it a lot. I hate when they do that shit. NXT does it a lot, too. They didn't do it. But I think this third match obviously has got to be it. But they can't continue to be on the same show. they got to take one of them off, and it's got to be Adam Cole. The problem with Cole, though, is that he's been there for four years now. I want to see him move up, but after how we've seen recent call-ups get treated, and not everyone gets buried on the main roster. I don't want to paint a broad brush and say everyone has failed on the main roster from NXT. Far from it. I just don't think with Cole, if they wouldn't give Kerry in the time of day, what makes you, me, or anyone think that Cole is going to be any different and he won't be fighting for like, I mean, he could be a solid mid-card guy, but I think he has more to offer than that. So it, it hurts me because 
His contract might be up in August. He signed in August four years ago. He could lose to, to Kyle O'Reilly and then leave the company, which is very likely. I want to see him on the main roster. I don't think he would do well. I don't think Vince would book him to be a star. I would like to see him in AEW, but I feel like they already have a lot of guys like him where I feel like he would get lost in the shuffle. So I have this big Adam Cole problem right now, dude. What do you do with Cole? Where do you go with him? What are your thoughts in this situation? Yeah, that's a tough one, GSM. Um, I love Adam Cole, baby, but Cornette said this too, and I couldn't agree with him more. If Adam Cole was like 6'2", 6'3", he would easily be the biggest star in wrestling, and it sucks because he just is small, and I, it does hinder him. I know people are like, oh, like size doesn't matter, but unfortunately on a big scale, when they have a ton of guys doing what he can do and they're bigger, it just doesn't seem as impressive. And he has everything. He has charisma. He has the looks. He has the facials, body language. He's great in the ring. It just if he was just a little bit taller and a little bit bigger, he could be the biggest star in the in the world. So I just don't trust the main roster like we always say. I mean, I don't even know what fake gimmick I could give him. I, I can't even think one of the top of my head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't even say like Funkasaurus or anything because I can't think of anything. It would, it would, you know what it would be actually? Michael Cole's son. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Dixie Carter 2.0. Oh, maybe, oh, maybe that, maybe that's where this is leading with Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. He's brought in as Michael Cole's son, and he has to go rekindle his rivalry with Pat McAfee. Hashtag book it right. Oh God, it sounds horrid. Please don't <laughs> do that. Um, Oh my god, GSN, that's fucking terrible. Just give him an idea. Um, No, don't do that, hopefully. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I fear for him, just like everyone else now. I'm stopping like like minded. Everything I fear, I fear for everyone now. So I'm not going to say they should have a good run because I feel like they've really fucked up everyone. I don't think really anyone's a clean. Anyone that was big in NXT really hasn't had a clean like. Well, Charlotte Flair. Oh, besides, well, she even, I mean, she lost an Italian right when she got called up. I think people forget this. Like, she got called up in a few weeks in. She was already, she lost, like, Natalia on the singles match. Like, she even had kind of a little wonky start. So, um, I mean. I know what you mean. That was a one-off, crazy, but I remember though. what you're it's talking funny, about, though. It's funny because we always say, like, oh, how can you fuck up Nakamura? How can you fuck up this guy and that guy? And, I mean, I think Shinsuke's <laughs> done well. I think Oscar's done well, but like to what they were, they're just not as big as they should have been. And like Kevin Owens has had a decent run, Sami Zayn's had a decent run. So it's like those guys. I I wouldn't say it was a failed run because I think they've done a lot and it's been a good run. But it's crazy when like Alexa Bliss, who was never really on TV, she's had a better run than most of like these big men that they've called up. Even some of the bigger women they've called up, they've absolutely floundered. So yeah, it's crazy. I think it's a lot of opportunity. I mean. If you told me in 20, I don't know, 2014, 2015, that Becky Lynch would have been one of the biggest stars after how they called her up and she did nothing for a few years, I would have laughed in your face. But yeah. sense of time and the way things progressed, she somehow got to the top and people gravitated towards her and she became the biggest star. And I think she's still, even the last couple of weeks, people have been shaming for her way more than anyone else. Though, and she's not even in the company right now. So it's at the end of the day, it's kind of... If the opportunity is there, you kind of got to take it. And then if the fans love you so much, it gets you to that point. Because like I said, I remember Becky was on. After she lost the SmackDown Women's Championship to Alexa Bliss, she couldn't even sniff a win. So (laughs) it it all all, is all random. And I guess when the opportunity comes, you got to 
Gotta strike when the iron's hot, GSM. We always say that, but honestly, with these people, I feel like if there's one little falter before they make it a star, it just never works out. I'm just, I'm very worried. I don't know, dude. I know this is the problem, not with NXT. I mean, the NXT is an issue, but like, this is the problem when you have two very different minded people when it comes to wrestling, uh, like managing two different brands. Like, for example, like this is kind of, I mean, Vince McMahon was still in charge, but when they had two different writers for Raw and SmackDown, if someone from Raw who is really pushed very heavily gets moved over to SmackDown and that person on SmackDown doesn't see them as highly as the Raw guy did, then it's all over for them. But it's even worse when you have Vince McMahon running things on the main roster, Triple H sees a star in someone, they call him up, and they don't know what the fuck to do with them. I just read, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but I I saw an online real quickly. An update on the Karrion Cross thing. I'll ask you about Cole again in a second, but real quickly on Karrion Cross, He was supposed to lose again this week, and the idea was, and I think you had said this and other people have said this, I still don't agree with it, but I think the idea was, oh, he's going to lose a couple times, he would snap, he would freak out on Jeff Hardy, and then Scarlett would come up to make him the monster that he was supposed to be. That's all well and good, dude, but my question is, why even go two steps back just to go one step forward? I mean, you already have the act in NXT. And it's not even like, oh, no one saw it in NXT. They pretend it's like the third brand. It's on fucking USA Network now, dude. Like, yeah, come on. Like, this bullshit, like, oh, we're not paying... I know not everyone watches NXT, clearly. But I'm just saying that if you're going to do this shit where he shows up with the NXT title, it's not like he showed up as someone completely different. Like, even Dewdrop, I thought it was dumb they called her something different. They didn't even know who she was. But, like, even that makes more sense. You know, I thought that made more sense in the sa- in the fact that, okay, they're at least forgetting her past and they're rebranding her, whatever. With Karrion, it's the same person from NXT. So how do you explain that he had Scarlet on Tuesday, but he doesn't have her on Monday? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all, dude. And this is the problem that you have when so, you have two fucking different people running the shows. So I'll def- I don't want to do this. So, like, I'll defend it to a point. The point is... Like you said, raw ratings went back up to 1.8 million this yes. last week or two weeks ago. NXT is around 600,000, give or take. Yep. So you're then, so that's 600,000. So you take 600,000 away from 1.8 million, that's 1.2 million, which is two times as many people that are already watching NXT. So True. to them, they might think of, okay, 600,000 people watching raw are probably watching, watching NXT, give or take. So it's probably most of those people are going to watch, uh, they're going to watch WWE. That's just the way it is. But those other 1.2 million people are probably only watching Raw, maybe SmackDown, but probably only Raw because that's how most people start off watching wrestling. They just watch Raw. So they're trying to appease those people. And I don't think it's right, but I think they're like, oh, this guy's coming up. And they're like, oh, okay. And then when Scarlet comes, that's going to happen. I don't think it's right either, but that's the Vince thought, I think, is like we have the 600,000 people that already watch NXT. Now we have twice as many people watching NXT that are also tuning into Raw. We got to capitalize on that, and then that's what they're doing. It's sports entertainment at the end of the day, too. NXT's a wrestling show. Yep. It does have sports entertainment aspects in it, but it's more of a wrestling show. Raw is sports entertainment with wrestling mixed in. So that's why, like, they're more worried about the storyline of, oh, Karrion's not going to win. We're going to bring his fucking hot wife in, and, and, like, that's how he's going to get better. Like, when NXT, it's just, like, all about wrestling and angles. No, no, but they do that stuff too. They do that type of stuff from time to time. They do that stuff too, but it's more of a wrestling show than sports entertainment. And Raw and SmackDown are more sports entertainment than wrestling. I agree. Raw does do more storytelling stuff, but the problem is that it's not even the it, the story. There's nothing wrong with that story. Like if they did that with Bo Dallas or something, I'd be like, okay, whatever. But like, 
this was my problem with it last week that I was when we discussed it and I had mentioned this elsewhere like it was not the what they did I mean that was obviously a big problem but it was who they did it with like if it was almost literally anyone else I really don't think I would have had as much of an issue as I did with it it was the fact this guy was undefeated and now that they're doing Cross and Joe I'm not that I'm not looking forward to it but the guy's not undefeated anymore and we know he's gonna fucking lose I mean, why not just wait until after SummerSlam to bring this guy up? Why now? And the thing is, too, is that, again, I feel like they don't know what the inner or what the relationship is supposed to be between the main roster and NXT. Yes, NXT is developmental, but they treat it like a third brand by the people they put on there and whatever, the way they treat it and shit. And it should be a third brand. And it is developmental. It can be both. But at the same time, you bring up Karrion with the NXT title. It's like, okay. He's on NXT too. That's cool. If the guy comes in and makes a big splash on night one, if I'm a casual viewer, to me anyway, that would make me want to watch NXT to see more of this guy. But when you have him losing two fucking minutes to Jeff Hardy, it's like, okay, I don't give a shit about this guy. Like, he got a decent reaction when he came out for his debut. It's like, okay, people recognized him. Dude, he came out this week. He got fucking crickets. Like, who would want to cheer for this guy after he just lost to Jeff Hardy like a loser? So, again, I know, listen, I totally agree with the whole aftermath thing, seeing how things play out. I have that approach with NXT. I have that approach with AEW. I have that approach with almost every promotion, even SmackDown, more than I do Monday Night Raw. Because Monday Night Raw, they do dumb shit, and there's never any follow-up, very rarely. So they lost the benefit of the doubt with me. So with Karrion Cross, I just thought it was fucking dumb. I don't know why you would do that. And then he won this week, which is good. But then it comes at the expense of Keith Lee. Like, it feels like you can just never win with this show. And it's not a fan thing. People complaining, like, oh, you what a complaint if Jeff Hardy lost. It's like, but he shouldn't have never been in that fucking spot to begin with. It's not a fan problem in this case. I don't understand. Um, but back to Adam Cole quickly. Oh, my God. I could go, go on about I this forever. It. We can keep it going. I, I think it's been great. I mean, I get where you're going. And I think Vince, in his mind, which he's Vince McMahon and he's very egotistical and thinks everything, Honestly, I think his thought is he takes these people and basically once they get to the main roster, they kind of erase everything they've done before. And then it's like, this is now they're on Raw and SmackDown, so anything that happened before is kind of irrelevant. And they're just going to do whatever I say they're going to do. So, and if that's the theory, then like he doesn't really give a shit that he crossed the champion because it has nothing to do with what he wants to do. I... There are a lot of short term thinking in this company. Like, Nikki Cross was a fucking loser two weeks ago. She turns into a superhero, and now she's the champion, and she's, like, somewhat over, I guess. But it's, like, such a quick thing. It's, like, yeah, she's doing better than she was, but it's, like, not a longevity thing. Like, this isn't going to last forever. Like, this is a hot, like, this is, like, making $2 an hour more for two weeks, and then all of a sudden, after that, it goes out, and then you go down losing. Because that's how it is, though. They, like, they like oh, we're going to re- Like, Nikki Cross, before she turned into superhero, was a fucking loser, and she was never on TV. They, like, do this new gimmick thing, so now she's somewhat a little bit different. People, I guess, tend to like her. She starts getting some wins. Then they push her to the big thing, and then she'll be big now when she's champion, but then when she loses it, you'll never see her again, probably. It's, like, such a short term, like, it's like, oh, how can we make this person interesting for right now? And they just think of the right now, so it's like, Nikki Cross, no one really cares about her. We'll put the superhero gimmick on her, and, like, maybe people will tend to her. She wins the belt. People are kind of into her. She's kind of over, whatever. So it's nice right now, but then when eventually she loses the belt, then no one will probably ever care about her again, and then we'll go into the next woman that they push up the ladder. Like, but, there yeah. needs to be a steady trajectory. Like, if Tony Storm keeps getting wins and she's, like, 
she seems to be over at the crowd and she keeps getting wins and gets momentum and then wins. Yeah, that's how you make a fucking star. But in his <laughs> mind, he just thinks like, oh, thrust this person in, they'll be big, and then he hopes it sticks and it never does. Yeah. You need to build people up to care about Nikki Cross. You can't just make her a superhero and two weeks later she's the fucking all over Raw when before she couldn't even sniff a second on the show. I agree, but I will say this though. If you book someone like a star, they will get, for the most part, like, I'll say this. If you book someone like a star and they can hold their own, they will get over. So, for example, I always go back to this. Jinder Mahal. They booked him like a star, but the guy couldn't hold his own as a main event player. I don't care what anyone fucking says. He was terrible in the ring. Debatable. Debatable. Debatable? I mean, he got good heat, but his promos were terrible and his matches sucked. But on the other end of the spectrum... You know. We, you, you texted me about this the other day. I think the Nikki Ash shit is complete garbage. I hate the superhero shit. I know it's for kids. If she sells a lot of merch, that's amazing. I don't think it's going to stick long term. People were already booing her on Monday. But here's the thing, though. She's been booked, regardless of what I think of the character, and I like Nikki Cross, but regardless of what I think of the character, she's been booked very well recently. She's won most of her matches. She won the Money in the Bank ladder match, and they had her cash in the next day to become champion. Ergo, she got a great reaction when she came out on Monday. People, re- I mean, she was the first thing that opened the show, and they'll react to anything that opens the show. But she got a very big reaction when she first came out. Because if you book someone like a star, and she's good enough in the ring, and she can talk what she can, then they'll, they'll react to her like she's a big star. But if she continues to lose to Charlotte every week, oh, I almost won. What the fuck does that mean? What, what does almost win mean? What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> I fucking it's, it's pitching the millennials that want a trophy for everything. It's I, I absolutely genius booking. I know what you said. I know what you said earlier about like the underdog thing. I agree with you, dude. But you shouldn't be booking a champion that way. Otherwise, you shouldn't be a fucking champion. Give the title to Charlotte. You never take the. Why even bother to take the belt off of Charlotte in that case? Why don't they just have her cash in at SummerSlam and then have her win it there? Like do it in advance, like a fucking superhero, not cash it in from behind and then lose your first real match as champion. It makes her look like a complete loser. I don't know. Well, she's an underdog, GSM. Oh, my God. I mean, listen, the promo was terrible. I, I didn't like the whole, oh, I almost won, and I, I'm almost, I don't know. I, I think the material's <laughs> awful. But people will tend to it because she pitched the idea, so it's a great, no, I don't care who pitched it. It was fucking terrible. It's a stupid idea. I, I just think, like, the way that everything, and, like, I think it's kind of, the whole almost stuff is, like, I feel like it's kind of, like, more of a take on, like, society now, like, and nowadays it's like everything's like everything's okay and if you don't win it's still okay like if there's like if you lose like oh well like it's not like i feel like that could be like more of a take like she almost won like so it's i think it's awful like you almost won who cares if you lose every time if you almost won it doesn't matter almost winning means nothing unless you're in horseshoes or hand grenades besides that almost winning doesn't mean shit no it doesn't mean shit but they, but the way that society is nowadays, everything like, oh, you almost won, congratulations, like I fucking give you a trophy and yada yada yada. So if they're really going off of that, I mean, I guess it's kind of smart if they're going to kids because nowadays, like I said, you almost won. It's almost it's as good as winning now. So if that's the mindset they're adopting, then <laughs> that's the way the society's going. GSM and just the way it is. Kid. It is, but Vince McMahon isn't that is is seventy five years old, so I don't know if he's in yeah, touch with. The pitched him and said, Vince, like, this is what do we do now. And he said, that's good shit, pal. And they put it on TV. <sighs> Maybe, but I don't know. It's just, you gotta go all in with things, dude. I think the Nikki Ash shit is terrible, but, like, if you're gonna put the title on her, book her to be a fucking superhero. 
if you're not going to book her to be a superhero or almost a superhero and you're not going to have her win, then don't put the fucking belt on her. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to go all in on this shit. You either got to push someone or you can't. You got to fucking shit or get off the pot, as the old expression yeah, goes. What is if she wins, like, at SummerSlam, per se? Yes. And then she becomes Nikki Ash, a superhero. Huh? No, I, <laughs> I agree with okay. you, but, but in, in the meantime, don't ever lose non-title matches clean, like a fucking loser. Don't even do the match. Don't even have a wrestle in that case, dude. They shouldn't have wrestled. I agree. That was terrible. They should have done that. I, listen, I totally agree. It's not the fact of what they're getting to. Like, if she wins at SummerSlam, that's fine, but you should never... I don't agree with... Unless it's going to lead to something, and the dumbest part about this is that Charlotte Flair is already getting a title shot. So what was the point of her beating Nikki Cross? And she beat her clean. It's only like she cheated. I don't know. I just thought it was I thought it was ridiculously dumb. And then Nikki gets They had her cut a promo afterward. Why should I care about a rematch when Nikki just lost clean? And she's like, "Oh, I almost won and I want to challenge you next week." And then like a moron, she goes to shake Charlotte's hand and Charlotte beats the crap out of her. Like, I don't feel bad for Nikki Ash. I would I I I feel like people would want to bully her if anything else cuz she's such a loser with this dumb superhero gimmick. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's dumb. It's dumb. Tell us how you really feel. I, this is why I don't like it, because it's like, all right, it's already on the fence with like, okay, you know, not my not my thing, but if you go all in with it, I'm okay with it. Like, you just got to you gotta go full throttle with this shit. But that's not what they do. No, that's not what they do. They're very like, oh, I'm you. skeptical. No, it's I got to make up about, your mind. It's all about the quick reaction. They're like, oh, Nikki Ash is the champion, so people are talking about it. And then once she loses the bill, you'll never hear from her again, because they never really built her up. And then once she loses... She'll be considered a loser, and then no one will care about her. Uh, dude, time. that's being generous. You're assuming that people won't care about her after she's champion. I think people won't care about her. If this booking continues, they won't care about her in two weeks. Like, they just gotta... <laughs> if they book her like a loser, people won't care. Like, if she's good enough to hold her own, and they book her to be a star, she'll get over. I mean, what a concept, right? But that's what that's what happens. And then they had her lose. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? They didn't even have Rhea get involved. If Rhea got involved, they'd be like, okay, they pinned the champion. That's dumb, but like... At least it was for a reason. No, she lost like a loser. Like, yeah, but also, but also going like kind of back, like she technically beat Rhea and Charlotte, but like because they didn't beat her, like and that was like a little two minute challenge that she was doing before. So it's like we at this point we've like she was never really on their level. So no, she's not. Theoretically, never. she should lose. Yeah. Theoretically, she should lose, but then don't put the fucking belt on. <laughs> you know? Dude, you can't have it both ways. I agree with you, but you can't. Don't put the fucking Vince, title Vince on her. What'd you say? Vince likes it both ways. You can't oh have it both God. ways, dude. You can't. Your guy wants his chocolate and vanilla. Can't do both. <laughs> Not with oh wrestling God. booking, you can't. You got to either book her like an underdog or book her as a champion. You can have an it's underdog just... champion, but you can't have her lose like Rey Mysterio. How well did that go over? How, how many times did Rey Mysterio hold the belt after that? Oh, twice. Once for a month Once. and another for, let me check my notes, an hour and a half on Raw in 2011. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, but he was Rey Mysterio and was super over and it didn't really matter. He yeah, no, that's, that's that's different. Rey Mysterio can endure the booking. His title reign was a complete failure because they booked him like a loser. I don't know. It was just... Yeah, but the thing is, if Eddie didn't pass, he would have never got the ch- title anyway, so... He would. He probably would have gotten the title at some point. He was so over. He definitely would have... I think so. Dude, he was, he was in the main event picture for years to come after that, and I don't think it was because of that first title reign. God forbid. I mean, that reign was terrible. I mean, if that reign doesn't I mean, happen, it was over like Rover. I think it would have taken longer. But the way that the company shifted and like with Punk and Brian, 
He would have been five years older, but he probably still would have held the belt in 2010, 2011, I think. Maybe not for very long. I think it would have been a Jeff Hardy-like thing, where, like you said, where he holds it for like a month and then he loses it. I'm fine with that, but you got to book him to look like a champion in that time now. That's true. I just feel like he's a, he's one of those special cases that, like, him winning the belt, like, yeah, it's cool, but he's so much better in chase mode because he is, like, that underdog character. Yeah, so, like, exactly. But... Yeah, so when Nikki Ash loses the bill, everyone will love her when she's in chase mode again. What is this shit that, what I don't understand though, this is the same company, dude, that books their men to look great, like other than Carrie and recently with Rob, but like dominant, Bobby and, and Roman have been ex- extremely, incredibly dominant. I mean, Roman specifically has literally not lost the match in like two years. Bobby, he lost to fucking Xavier Woods for some reason, I have no idea why. But you have Nikki, like what's with the, what's with the discrepancy between the men and the women? I don't. I don't care. Right. Bianca has a loss. Okay, lot. you know, actually, I, I am wrong. You're right. Bianca has been booked very well. I'll say this on Raw specifically, they book Bobby to be a lot better than they do Nikki Cross. Bobby is not Nikki Cross, but if a champion is a champion, they should at least win most of their matches. And she did prior to winning the bill. Does winning the championship mean they should be losing more matches? That makes no sense to me. Okay, when she loses again on Raw, we can text and laugh about it, and then I'll tell her that she's buried in a loser on next week. I will agree on that. Okay, we will agree on this. If Nikki Cross loses again next Nikki week... Nikki Ash, Nikki Ash, Nikki Ash. Nikki Ash, don't, Ash, don't almost, her already. She's almost a loser if she continues to lose <laughs> these fucking matches. <laughs> Show me Nikki ASL. Good God, and you wonder why no fucking women get over, because you book them like shit. I know it's one week, dude, but the problem with these people are like, oh, listen, you got to wait and see. Dude, it's Monday Night Raw. How many times have they done a wait and see approach and it's actually made sense? I couldn't tell you the last fucking time they've done that. I can name every other company and it's like, oh, okay, I know what you mean. Like Paige losing last night, if we came on here right now and we were like, oh, fuck this company. How could you do Paige like that? He's not going to get the title shot, blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, listen, bro, like we got to cool down here. Let's wait and see where they go because they almost always do the right thing. They've built up a good track record. NXT is a good track record. Fucking NXT UK has a good track record. Why did the biggest show in the entire world have the worst track record when it comes to wait and see approaches? I mean, that's wrestling in a nutshell, but it makes no fucking sense. Oh my God. I mean, this show is just unbelievable sometimes. And I don't want to make it sound like it was a bad show. Someone someone was trying to tell me, like, uh, I was I was complaining about the Nikki Ash shit. Now she's the most annoying character on Raw right now. Someone's like, oh, but everything else was good, right? I'm like... Yeah, but it doesn't, like, just because it was... The thing is, though, with Raw, the good stuff is decent, or at least good. Not always amazing, but it's good or pretty good. The bad stuff is terrible. It's terrible. Like, it, it overshadows all the good stuff. That's the problem with Monday Night Raw. It takes away from any good things they do, and they completely ruin it. Oh, my God. That's the part of this I don't make. that doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I just don't understand well, yeah, it. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way Raw is. It's funny because I feel like SmackDown's the other way. Like the bigger stuff always like the decent stuff. Because like SmackDown doesn't really have anything that's like horrible. Like Raw, like they have some like decent, okay stuff. Like I'm not like a huge Rick Boogs guy. It's so, like the old King Nakamura shit. I agree, but it's do, not awful. Like, yeah, that's like okay. That's decent. Like that's whatever. I think he's good at playing the guitar, so I'll I'll, I'll let it slide. But like. When you come out of Raw, which is like an okay show, but like the big ta- biggest talking points are Nikki Ash losing again and the stupid Lily shit, it, it just outweighs all the decent stuff. Like Bobby and Cedric and that was just like an afterthought compared to the other stupid shit that went on. 
Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like with SmackDown, like you said, some of the stuff is de- like the good stuff is great with Roman. The bad stuff isn't that bad. Like bad by NXT by by SmackDown standards or bad by AEW standards. I just feel like with yeah. Raw, I just I don't get it. And someone was like, "Oh, the twenty four step." I stopped. I stopped like listening to this person. They're like the twenty four seven title stuff is you know interesting. My twelve year old, my my six year old likes it or whatever, and I'm like. Okay, like that's not a majority of the audience. They're losing that. They're, that's not their demographic is the six-year-olds is the problem. Their demographic is the 18 to 49-year-olds where that keeps going down. And they're not even attracting kids. Like someone was trying to say during the, um, the hashtag stream on Wednesday, they were like, oh, PG rating killed WWE. It fucking didn't do. Like they had, they've put out a lot of great content in the last 12 years. The rating is not the problem. It's the man in charge is the problem. NXT is PG, is not not? Like, technically it is, and, and it's a great show for the most part. I don't get it, dude. I just don't understand. Oh, my God. I don't mind the Reginald stuff, but I think, like I said before, I think it's going to be a very R-Truth-esque thing that after a couple of weeks, it's just going to get old. They can only see the guy do so many backhand springs down the ramp so many times that I don't, just don't give a shit. It's going to get there eventually. It's fine for, it's like a, another Vince McMahon quick idea like this but get over for a few weeks and then eventually he'll get old and then he'll be chasing around them like idiots just like everyone else oh my god just throw the title in the trash please so we can move on from this garbage <laughs> my god <laughs> what's worse the 24 7 championship or the women's tag team division oh definitely the 24 7 title but like the fact that we got what was it this week oh no this week it was at least something different it was even marie and Dewdrop against natalia and tamina but the fact that it's Here's another thing. Real quickly. I know we've been going on for almost two hours at this point. Hey, keep it going. Keep it going. No need to make it quick. (laughs) Why did they have... They're calling these non-title matches now championship contenders matches. Okay? Like, it's the AW Eliminator thing. I feel like they're kind of copying that in a certain way. That's fine. I I think the idea is okay. doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because just because you beat the champion, they're like, oh, you may get a title shot? Oh, I, I may get a title shot? I just pinned the champion. Give me my fucking title shot. It makes no sense. But so, Natalia and Tamina have a championship contenders match on Raw this week with Eva Marie and Dewdrop. The Lily shit is just awful. That's not even my point. That's just another problem altogether. Why would you do a championship contenders match with Eva and Dewdrop when, let me check my notes here, Tegan Knox and, uh, and Shotzi Blackheart already beat the tag team champions twice. Why wouldn't they just get a title shot? Why are we, why are we giving other teams title or potential title opportunities when Tegan Knox and Shotzi should already have a title shot at this point. How much sense does that fucking make? It doesn't, but it sounds better. It sounds better, like he polish- says. It does. It's like polishing a turret. It sounds... Um, if you put Graham versus RJ in a match, sounds okay. You say it's a title eliminator. Like, oh, this must be a big deal, like going for a title. Like That alone like makes it sound a little bit better. I think it's fucking stupid, like you said. But... Uh, like I said, they, they might not translate that people are watching SmackDown as well because, like, anyone watching SmackDown would know that Shotzi and Tegan beat them the last two weeks, but... And they never made... Just, they, just, they, they said it to make it seem like it was better than it is just to throw the little lily shit in there, and then it didn't matter. But that's the problem, though. Like, they beat the champions. Okay, cool. Then tell me... Don't tell me when the title match is, per se, but at least make it seem like it's leading somewhere. They never even had Tegan or Chauncey talk on SmackDown and say, hey, we want a title shot, or like, hey, we're gunning for those titles. No, if you go back on SmackDown on Friday, they fucking hit Baron Corbin in the balls with Chauncey's fucking tank. That was it. <laughs> they didn't cut a promo. They were polishing her tank, and they hit Baron Corbin in the balls with something that came out of it. 
I mean, dude, they literally forget from week to week what happens on their show. So why why should I give a shit who wins and who loses? Who fucking cares at this point, right? Oh my god. Well, the, tag, the women's tag team division, as well as the men's, the men's tag team division is not the greatest either. But the women's tag division, just like I don't even, at this point, it's like the twenty four seven championship. If it just is what it is, I don't even put any like merit on it because just like you said. They have tag titles on Monday when people on SmackDown have been beating them for weeks. It just doesn't make sense. But at the end of the day, that division's dead to me, so it doesn't really matter. Why, like, even have why have Shayna and Nia continue to team when they've already held the titles twice? They've done everything they could as a team. Shayna's been completely ruined by this point. Why is she still teaming with Nia? Just because they broke Reginald off, they're going to become this monster house tag team. They already feuded with with um, Natalia and Tamina. Like they already had like six matches with each other. Why are we having more matches between those two teams? Because they don't have Reginald anymore. They're going to be badasses now. <laughs> and they weren't badasses when they were champions for eight months? Come on, man. What the no, fuck? No, Nia was in love with Reginald. Oh, my God. This show is awful. That's the problem, too. I forgot to mention that. The same person that was trying to defend the 24-7 title stuff. When I mentioned what I liked about the show, they were like, so you lo- the, the, the good stuff was the wrestling, which means you don't like storytelling. I'm like... Is that an actual, like, argument that you're trying to put in my face when I literally just said five days ago, I love what they're doing with Kenny Omega and Adam Page? What kind of fucking argument is that? It's not that the storytelling is the problem. It's the stories they're telling that are terrible on Raw. That is the problem. The stories aren't good. It's not the fact that it's storytelling. It's just not good storytelling. SmackDown, the same company on a different network four days later has at least two or three different stories that I care more about than almost anything on Raw. And not everything on Raw is bad. Like, I think the RK Bro stuff is great. That's a story, is it not? That's storytelling. They're doing that right. But some of the other shit, and that's good storytelling. But it's not great enough to the point where it's going to make up for all the terrible storytelling they're doing with the women and other aspects of their show. That's the problem. Honestly, the Baron Corbin stuff's better than anything on Raw, storytelling-wise. I mean, is that even a question? It is. That's a story. Oh my god, these people are fucking clowns. Oh, if you don't like Raw, then not not don't watch it. That's that that excuse went out the window years ago for a lot of people. But the whole like, oh, what do you mean you don't like the stories? WWE Sports Entertainment. You don't like the stories, or you don't like this show, dude? Then watch SmackDown. SmackDown has good stories. You're not all great. They're not all great. The Rolling Loud shit was a fucking failure because no one gave a fuck. But um, the Baron Corbin stuff, I've been digging. Cool idea though. I like the idea. It was a great idea. Poor in execution because the fans just didn't care. And they, uh, the, the pipe, the noise was just unbearable to him. Like, yo, this is embarrassing. Um, I, but like the, I like the effort, though. I'll give him the, I'll I give know, him the I agree. effort because I think it's a great idea. I mean, it just, those people could have gave, you could have put, the, well, not The Rock. I just, they should have put probably more mainstream people out there than who they did. Yeah, they brought Cena outside or something. They probably would have reacted a little bit more than they did. Not um, not Otis and uh, Angelo Dawkins. I don't know if they care too much about that or even, Chad Gable or whatever. Even even Bianca and Carmel. Like if you brought like someone like maybe even Charlotte or Sasha or something, they probably would have been. They would be more recognizable than them. I like Bianca, but she's not even close to the level that I, those other women. Like, I don't. I don't. I think even if they put any of those women you just mentioned out there, I still don't think they would have cared unless. Unless their name was Dwayne Johnson or The Rock or Triple H, maybe. Or Tori Wilson, come on. <laughs> yeah, maybe if they started doing bras and panty matches, that crowd probably would have cared. But other than that, they probably didn't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, no, I think it was a good idea. Just the execution wasn't the greatest. But I like the, the idea. Yeah, you gotta try it. 
I agree. It was it was worth the shot, and it just didn't work. But hey, you know what? At least they're trying new things and not doing the whole dumb underdog story as a loser thing, like with uh, Nikki Ash on Raw. To kind of go back to what we mentioned earlier, this this started as an Adam Cole ran as to where he could go, and then we just started shitting all over the main roster. So great discussion, though. I mean, I, I, I'm going to let the Nikki Ash that play out a little longer. You're you're dead on that, but. I'm not dead like on it. I, I just think it's Monday. dumb. No, 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 no. You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> I'm not, dude. I just lo- think it's fucking you're stupid. When, when she loses on Monday night, we'll laugh and text about it, okay? That's what you said about Karrion Cross too, and uh, he was supposed to he lose. He won. And he won. <laughs> That's, you're saying he's supposed to lose like Nikki Cross almost winning. It's Stop a it. It's not the same thing. Yeah, she did. He won. <laughs> he won. I don't care what they put in the sheets. Okay. Whatever what happened on Raw? He won. That's not what you... Okay, what you said last week was, when he's on main event in three months, shoot me a text. And I said, okay. I will see you in September when he's on main event <laughs> facing Angel Garza. All right? That's what I will say to you. I will not... You okay, know what? sounds good. When he has his first main event match in two months, I'm not saying he's going to lose it. But when he is on main event in two months and he's facing, I'm going to say... Hmm... I'm going to say he's going to face Drew Gulak. He's going to face Drew Gulak, and he's going to beat him. And I say we get that match in main event within two months. Remember my quote. I think that's what's going to happen. Because they're they're going to do that because they have, let's say all together now, creative has nothing for carrying cross. So why even bother fucking calling up the guy? That's what I expect. I think you're short. I think you're shortchanging him. I think there's some longevity there. Longevity with where him feuding with uh, Jeff Hardy for six months? How much good is that going to do him? The same guy that lost to Veer in main event. Be happy. He won. <laughs> you're acting like he lost. I don't care what the sheet said that he was supposed to lose. Whatever. He won. <laughs> so just move on. I think he's got a. I mean. Eh. I'm thinking long-term, he's doomed. I'm telling you, dude, he's doomed. People already didn't like him in NXT, and that was even with the fancy entrance in Scarlet. People, there's a lot of people, I think, I don't know if we're the minority, but there's a lot of people who just don't care about Karrion Cross. And I think the only thing for a lot of people that was really making him interesting was the presentation. And on Raw, the last two weeks, his entrance has fucking sucked. I mean, if you're only in it for the entrance, you're a fucking loser. Um, <laughs> that for a lot of people, no. what makes him, the smoke and mirrors is what makes hey, him interesting for a lot of people. Then you're a, then you're a fucking loser then because <laughs> they don't like him. If they only like him because of the presentation, he comes out. Who gives a shit? That's like saying I like I like when the band comes out on the stage, but when they start playing, I don't like it. No, the but if they, book him, in, if they yes, book him in shorter yes, matches, it's okay. Yeah. When he's on, it's not going to happen. It doesn't matter, though. They don't like him because he's not like a fucking flippy-dippy guy. He won't do the flippity dippities. He does wrestling, and he's a big guy. I so I agree. With, I listen. Funny. I am a carrying cross fan. I like the fact that he's different. He's a hard hitter. He doesn't do the flippity doodah shit. I you know he does different stuff. I like the menacing shit. But that's the problem, dude. You gotta book him as that. He's not been booked. I mean, I know it's two weeks in, but my problem is that this show has no credence with me at all. That's the yeah, issue. But yeah, but you're saying they only like him. Some people only like him for his entrance. Yes, that's that is true. I am yes. Okay. okay, so that's like saying I only like the I only like the football team because they come out of the tunnel and they shoot the fucking pyros off. Once they got on the field, I really could care less. Okay, they don't only like him for his entrance. They like him for the presentation of how like okay, his NXT debut. He came out with an amazing entrance. He electrified people before the bell even rang, and then he killed Leon Ruff in like ninety seconds. 
That, I think, is where his strong suit is. He can have competitive matches. I think his shorter matches are better, but he can have longer matches. But you just got to tread very lightly. He is a guy, like we always said, and they fucked him up anyway. You said it earlier. Like, oh, how can they mess up Shinsuke Nakamura? There's no way they can mess up Aleister Black, and all these people are ruined or gone. Um, not ruined, but you know what I mean. That happens all the time. With Karrion, I, I can't say that. I can't say, oh, how could they fuck up Karrion Cross? Oh, they could fuck him up by having him lose to Jeff Hardy in 90 seconds. The thing is, he was more fuck upable than Shin. Like, I th- like you said, I don't think a lot of people like Karrion Cross, so I think he is easily or well, fucked upable than the other guys. Like, Shinsuke was like, there, you didn't even have to change a fucking thing with him, and he should have been the star. Yes, I understand he doesn't speak great English, but you can fucking work around it. You have fucking. You have people that can talk for him if it was really a big of a deal, but obviously they didn't do that. But like, I think, like you said, not everyone's a big Karrion Cross fan. Like, that's the thing. Exactly. You have to tread lightly with a guy like that. You have to even be more careful with how you book a guy like that. Nakamura, he might be over no matter what, and he still is, obviously. Like, now they ruined the guy three years ago, or so we thought, and he's done fairly well for himself, which is good, not at the level that he should be at. But I don't know, with a guy like Kieran Cross, you got to pay even more attention to the booking and make sure that you get it right, because it's going to be tough. For a lot of people, when they first see this guy, he doesn't look like he's overly interesting on paper. He looks like, you know, he's a bigger guy. He's not like, you know, he's not an indie guy or something. He's Baron Corbin. He kind of screams like a Baron Corbin guy. That is... That's what the fans think of him. That is an excellent comparison. You have to really... Tread lightly. Baron Corbin in NXT was way more interesting than anything he's done on the main roster in five years, up until now. Like, that's amazing. He's been here for almost four or five years, and over five years, actually, and this is the best thing he's done yet. But Baron Corbin in NXT, and it's not like, it's not like oh, NXT's great, main roster's terrible, because people have gone over to both shows, and it's been interesting. But with a guy like Corbin, though... They booked him right in NXT. He didn't really lose a lot. He had a good gimmick. He goes after the smaller guys. It really wasn't reinventing the fucking wheel. And he got over in that role. You know what I mean? Like, you can use people's disdain for him in that way. But on the main roster, he, the guy, Dolph Ziggler, he lost to Dolph Ziggler his, like, first match on pay-per-view to Baron Corbin. Why should I give a fuck about him? He's not that interesting beyond how he's booked. I mean, he's a good, he's, I like Baron Corbin a lot, but I think it's all a matter of the booking and Karrion Cross isn't Baron Corbin, but he's very close to that. I think you, you think you hit it right spot on right there. It's like if WCW booked Goldberg the way they did initially, and then he got called up to a main roster, and then he was having like twenty minute matches, and then he lost the mystique of being undefeated. That's what I'm saying, there. dude. It's not even the mystique thing. And people are like, "Oh, you got to get the undefeated streak out of the way early." I don't even agree with that because the aftermath is everything. You said it yourself, like with Ryback, like he was about the undefeated streak for a while, but he still could have been a star. Like he was still getting great reactions even after he lost his first match. But they booked him like a fucking loser. Like that's what I'm saying. Like if the, the streak is one thing, but you can still go, you could still book these people to be fairly, you know, to be fairly interesting. I mean, Goldberg is another example of a guy that you got to tread lightly with because, I mean, the book, the, the formula is simple, but it's also going to get old after a while, and it got old a long time ago. But, yeah, I completely agree. I don't even know where I was going with that, but I completely agree on, on that front. Yeah, I just... <sighs> it's just... Then the, the, the Baron, him and Baron Corbin is so true. I feel like Baron Corbin was so, like, not like he wasn't great, but, like, you know, like, like twenty, like when he was being the job guy, like it wasn't like he was a fucking five star ring classic, but like it was still interesting and made him like 
No, feeling. but like they they had him feud with Apollo Cruz and like he threw. I remember he was like beating up Apollo Cruz. I think it was like Takeover London or something. And he threw Apollo Cruz back into the ring of the crowd was booing him and he was telling Apollo, "Well, I'll go back to Ring of Honor." And Apollo was never even in Ring of Honor. I thought that was fucking hilarious. And I'm like, oh, that's a, like he he hates indie people. Like that's a like that's a, a great gimmick for a guy like him <laughs> who came from the NFL scene. That's hilarious. And then. <laughs> <laughs> then he became King Corbin and died a death for two years. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, a guy like that, a guy like Karrion, a guy like whatever, way easier to fuck up than someone like Shinsuke or Finn Balor, who can kind of make the most of whatever he's in. Even though it's not great, he could still make it good. Karrion is a guy where if you don't book him right, this guy will be gone in two years. I'm, I'm telling you right now. Like, there's a lot of guys, because... They can do a lot of stuff. I think Keith Lee is way more dynamic in the ring than Karrion. His booking is still not the greatest, but he hasn't. He's still getting decent reactions because he could still do a lot of cool stuff. Ricochet too. I mean, he's another one where like he can. I mean, he's he's not exactly over anymore, but like he's still very he's still popular because he can do a lot of cool shit. So I don't know. That's my two cents on that. I, I know we went on for an hour after the Adam Cole question I asked you about. Uh, <laughs> like, what's what's the deal with him? Where do you think he's going? I I don't know. I have no clue. I'm very curious to see where they go with that. But I don't know. Time will tell. Sounds about right. Love the fucking rant. Need love it. love the discourse. Love the discourse. A lot of opposing viewpoints. A lot of things we agree on here. That's what the show's all about. Wrestle Rant Radio. Living true to the name here on the show for July 29, 2021. So we will be back next week. I don't think there's anything going on next week either. We don't have SummerSlam until the 21st, which is on a Saturday. Hoping to see your ass here in Connecticut for that. We'll work out the details as time goes on. Uh, crashing on the DiGiacomo couch. I'm looking forward to it. But, um, yeah. No, I'm thinking there's not really a lot going on, but there's a lot to talk about. with The more dumb stuff WWE does with Raw... Or even with AEW, there's a lot to discuss there. AEW is making a lot of big moves. There's a lot to discuss there as well. So no matter what, we'll never have a shortage of things to discuss here on the show. No, definitely not. Um, it's, I mean, clearly there's enough going on that we can rant for two hours about it or talk about <laughs> for two hours. So definitely good. And I'll set my alarm right now for 11.07 on Monday night to text you and make fun of Nikki Cross or Nikki Ash. <laughs> Set your alarm for September 5th when you let me know when Karrion's on main event that day. Give me one second. I put it in. Him losing to Veer clean as a sheet. <laughs> Pencil it in on your calendar. I look forward to it. And um, as always, I'm sure the news is going to break. I mean, last week we got lucky with the Punk and Brian stuff because that broke before we started talking. I'm sure there's going to be a story in the next 24 hours that Brock is all elite bound. Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But I'm just saying, like something something massive is going to happen because it's been a relatively quiet week. Something big is going to drop later tonight or tomorrow, and then I'm going to be like, oh fuck, I wanted to go on another hour rant with him about this, but I'm going to have to wait until next week. More time for more content. More time for more content. Mr. Marceau, the analytics guy, getting it right with that one. So I completely agree, Mr. Marceau. I look forward to the next one. Have an awesome one, brother, and I'll catch your ass next week. See you later. As for new episodes of the show, you guys can check out the show every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Podbean. Be sure to rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode every single Thursday. And as I said to Mr. Marceau, new episode coming next week discussing all the latest in the world of wrestling. And in the last couple of weeks, have been any indication there's going to be even more to talk about come next Thursday. 
Have an awesome one, guys. For RJ Marceau, I'm Graham G.S. Matthews. We'll catch your ass down the road.